I love video games so much. I'm pretty fond of this podcast, too. They're fun. This is fun. Video games are fun. Well, not all games. Echo the Dolphin's not really that fun, but most games are fun. You know what isn't fun? Buying razor blades. And my friends over at Harry's agree. And that's why they started their company. And I don't understand why anybody would buy razors from anyone else. I'm super serial. Hit up harrys.com slash RTG and pick up a $3 trial set to find out for yourself why I'm so damn serial about this. Harry's makes the best razor blades out there and they ship them right to your front door. I don't think I'm allowed to lie in these, but I'm not anyways. I've been using Harry's for years and I've never considered going anywhere else. The blades come in this awesome little container that's easy to travel with and keeps them sharp and clean and the razor handle doesn't look like a piece of plastic out of cyberpunk. Those handles are great for high school kids with peach fuzz but you're a man now. Shave like one. And it's not just the blades. Looking good is great but smelling good is just as important. Harry's has skin softening body wash with scents like stone, wildlands, and redwood. I don't want to smell like plastic. I want to smell like a man. They have awesome smelling deodorant for $5, hair products, grooming supplies, everything you need to go from a five to a nine. Well, like an eight, and we don't want to overpromise. Well, like an eight, at least. Harry's offers subscriptions so you can get your blades and supplies when you need them, and you can feel free to cancel at any time, but you won't want to, I promise. Listen to me. Harry's is legit. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just three bucks at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. everybody welcome back to remember the game it is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and i sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day my name is adam blank thank you so much for listening to the show and this week it is episode 150 and we're finally doing it it's time to talk super mario brothers i have been teasing this episode for a couple of weeks i really wanted a big heavy hitting historic title for episode number 150 i don't know if that's a milestone number or not per se but i think it kind of is 150 is a nice round number uh and i'll be goddamned if we're gonna talk about a game as important as super mario brothers on like a random like episode 161 or fucking something it's getting one of the round number num it's big deal so uh super mario brothers deserves the red carpet treatment i thought about doing it for episode 100 a year ago uh, but as you may or may not know, for a very long time, I didn't ever want to cover Super Mario Brothers on Remember the Game because I was worried that we wouldn't be able to do it justice. This game means that much to me. Uh, but my guest this week is my buddy David Ray. You may remember him from such episodes like Duck Hunt, Ice Hockey, uh, Super Mario Brothers 2, uh, Lost Levels, and uh, and he has been on me to talk Super Mario Brothers since the first time he came on Remember the Game a couple years ago. So we finally did it. Uh, get comfortable. 
This is going to be a long one. Our game chat portion of the show is an hour and 45 minutes long this week, give or take. And I could have just kept on going. My attachment to Super Mario Brothers knows no bounds, and I could talk about it forever. And we'll get there in just a minute, because speaking of me talking about stuff forever, it's time for yet another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Thank you very much for listening. And consider this your warning. Our intros have gotten quite long, uh, but they're fun. There's lots of video game talk and stuff like that in there. I love that more and more people are discovering the podcast and they're starting at the beginning, you know, with episode one, episode two, when, when the episodes were like 25, 30 minutes long and we had no intro. And now they're seeing that the modern episodes are like two hours plus. So uh, I love it. And the show has really evolved over time. But if you're only here for Super Mario Brothers talk, uh, I am going to leave an approximate timestamp in the description box this week. It might not be completely accurate depending on if we ever add ads to this episode or not down the road, but it should be close. So if you're not interested in the intro, look at in the description box and I'll tell you where to skip ahead to. And, uh, and actually, before we get into the normal intro, I... No, you know what? No, we'll, I'll get the Patreon plug out of the way because I, I got to do it and I, and I want to hurry through it this week. And it, nobody ever complains about the Patreon plug or any of my plugs, the intro at the beginning here. Um, but I know I spend a few minutes on it every episode. It funds this entire thing, right? We've talked about the like, This show has grown leaps and bounds. We're at about a quarter of a million downloads and all that. And it's because of you, you beauties and the support. So I got to, I have to plug it. It's, it's my job. This is what I do. Uh, we have merch, hoodies, t-shirts, coffee mugs, etc. cetera, uh, rock and sweet. Remember the game art that was drawn by my man, Joe over at four, five, four, five creative.com. And you can find all that at remember the game podcast.com. If you're interested in some merchandise. And of course, you can support us on Patreon. We are at 295 Patreons as of the time I'm saying these words. We are so close to 300. My goal was to be at 250 by the end of the year. So I don't even know what my fucking goal is now. I, I, I can't thank everyone enough that has signed up. It's really cheap. For only two bucks US per month, you get a mountain of stuff. And in addition to that, you'll get two extra podcasts every week. You get exclusive access to both my gaming news show Game Patch every Friday and my gaming discussion podcast Expansion Pass every Sunday. You also get instant access to all the previous bonus podcasts. They're all right there, downloadable onto your phone. It's awesome. Uh, this past Sunday for episode 60 of Expansion Pass, we just talked Mario. We, just, we talked memories, favorite games, impact on the industry, and fuck me, it was fun. It actually is maybe my personal favorite episode of Expansion Pass. Uh, and as is becoming a tradition here on the show, I'm going to give you a quick sneak peek of last Sunday's episode of Expansion Pass, number 60, Mario. What's really cool about Mario, and, and you brought up, you kind of leaned into this, Nomad, is that like not only are his platformers phenomenal, because they are, but the way that he, Nintendo has taken that character and, and dropped him into so many genres. And for the most part, they've all worked outside of the Mario's missing the educational games. Fuck those games. Fuck. We're not talking about those today. This is a happy episode. But I mean, the Mario Kart franchise, Mario Tennis, Mario Soccer, Mario Golf, the Mario RPGs. It's, he's, he does so much and, and they're all good. I mean, well, okay, no, they're 
mostly good. <laughs> I shouldn't say they're all good because there's some duds, but they are mostly good. And I agree with that. I love Super Mario RPG. I really like Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door and Paper Mario 64. Mario Kart 8 is one of my favorite video games of all time. And it's like, dude, some of those are some of those are some of my favorite games of all time. So is Super Mario RPG. And those aren't even platformers. So that was last Sunday's episode. And now for this weekend, uh, episode 61, our Patreon supporters picked the topic and games that need a sequel came out on top of our poll. So I think what I'm going to do this week is actually count down my personal picks. I might take five or 10 and count down the games that I want to see get a sequel. I'll share a bunch of yours in there as well. It's going to be a banger. So that'll go live this Sunday. Again, two bucks gets you access to all of those. Plus you can join our Discord, vote in our Patreon poll, submit comments to all of our shows. You'll get a shout out right here and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to all of our newest Patreons, Shonernonner, Daniel, Rob Stroth, Ryan Groinus and Astro Alpica. 100% sure I said a few of those wrong. But thank you all so much. Welcome to Remember the Game Industries, patreon.com slash remember the game. And then I have a P.O. box. I stream on Twitch Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday. You guys have heard all those already. I want to get moving because we got a lot to get to this week. So um, that'll do it. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in the cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our Patreons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows. All right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. And before we get going this week, I actually would kind of like to just blow all of you for a minute and just say like, we're at 150 episodes and there's an infamous clip i think it's from episode one i gotta be honest i've never gone back and listened to most of my podcasts because it's it's torture to listen to your own voice but it's from one of the very first episodes and i I say something like no one's ever going to listen to this podcast anyway and uh three years later we're at a quarter of a million downloads i've received messages and postcards and gifts and stuff from all around the world uh, i consider a lot of you my friends like every day i i literally every day have over a dozen dms on patreon and on social media and stuff from from people in our community um the community's grown we're not toxic at all which in today's internet is fucking incredible it's very welcoming to new people and just I know some of you have said how much you appreciate being part of Remember the Game Industries, and it's it just it's twofold. I'm floored that we got this far. So I know I already thank you kids a lot for all the support on the show every week, but but really, thank you. It's not scripted. It's not one of my lines where I'm like from the bottom of my big fat heart. I just thank you. Whether you support us on Patreon or you support me on Twitch or you've bought merchandise or maybe you just listen to the shows, maybe you've told a friend or you've left us a good review or... I didn't build this. We built this. We together are the weed that won't stop growing. And uh, to see us charting up there with some of the biggest retro gaming podcasts in the world from a guy that literally does not know what he's doing, being me, uh, um, it's so sick. So thank you. I love how the show is connected with so many of you. And when I get messages from you guys saying stuff like I've reignited your passion for gaming and stuff, um, that really that really hits home and feels cool. Uh, and one of our listeners, uh, Michael Levitt, I hope I said your last name right, Michael, uh, he wrote a song about Remember the Game, which is like the most humbling 
coolest thing I could ever think of. Like it's, that's insane to me that someone cares enough about the show to do something like that. And it's fucking dope. And I love it. And, uh, I wanted to share it on the show this week. And it's not to jerk myself off, but as a, as a comedian and a content creator and an artist, I would consider myself an artist at, at sometimes. Um, I have the utmost respect for people that create art and put themselves out there because it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, so I think this is awesome. I'm going to give it a quick spin here. And then in the future, I think I'm going to use it as an intro song on my Twitch streams. I'm going to create like an intro video. The song is about three minutes long and we'll play the, the song. And then it, when the song is over, then I'll start my Twitch streams. Uh, so thank you very, very much, Michael. And uh, you guys, it's about three minutes. Uh, here is Michael's song titled Remember the Game. Frustrated. 
I fucking, I fucking love it. I, I love it. So Michael, thank you so much. You guys can find Michael on Instagram at Mike underscore X A C I. I don't know how I'm supposed to pronounce that Mike, uh, but Instagram it's at Mike underscore X A C I. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Michael. I really appreciate that. Let's, let's get into blowing in the cartridge. We get so many comments each week, which is awesome. Thank you all. I can't read all of them, but I got a bunch of them. I'm going to try to fly through here. Uh, we'll start with Bones02, who wrote in on Patreon and said, Hey, Adam, where do you see the gaming industry in 10 years or even five? Will everything be digital or will there still be physical games available? I think it'll be 80% digital, 20% physical. I think it's still important to have physical due to not all people having good internet or no internet whatsoever. Um, yeah, I agree bones. Like, I feel like the last year, the numbers have been kind of skewed a little bit because if you read, like, I, I try to keep up with the sales numbers and stuff for game patch. And my understanding is that digital has overtaken physical as far as sales go. But you got to remember that over the last year, a lot of people couldn't leave their houses or couldn't go out couldn't go to the stores to buy the games whole different ball game, right? Plus you got to remember too, when it comes to digital sales, as far as looking at the percentages, a lot of little indie games and stuff like that never get a physical release. So like they're going to be 100% digital and that's going to play into sales numbers as well. Um, I've never hidden the fact that I transitioned over to a digital gamer. Uh, you know what? I would say I probably started a little bit on the PS3 and Xbox 360 when I started buying indie games. And then with the PS4 era, I just basically like 99% of my games are digital. Like I'm looking at my shelf right now. I have five physical Switch games and they're all games that my girlfriend likes to play on her Switch. And I have five physical PS4 games and four of them were gifts from the listeners. Um, thank you. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a digital person myself. I definitely think that's where the industry is going. Um, I think stuff like Game Pass and things is going to, obviously influence that because you won't even have to buy games you'll just download them off of game pass or ps now or whatever play them and then that'll be it um i don't know if physical games will go away anytime soon and i think there's two reasons for that number one there's a lot of collectors out there that still just want physical games and as long as there's a market there if i'm a game manufacturer if i'm legitimately worried people won't buy my game unless i put out a physical version i'm going to be putting out a fucking physical version and i think the second reason physical games will be around for a while is because these these you know playstation and xbox and nintendo they still need the brick and mortar stores to sell their consoles and i know that the ps5 launch has maybe changed that to an extent and the xbox series everything launch has kind of changed that to a little bit of an extent but at the same time look at the fucking nightmare it has been to try to get your hands on one of those systems in the first six months of selling them only digitally because you know 90 percent digitally so if i'm a store and i'm like well i'll sell your you know your ps5 or your xbox or your console but is that all I'm selling? Like once I sell this thing, am I never going to get any repeat business from anyone that wants a game? Like I think that for now, the big gaming companies still need those brick and mortar stores to sell their hardware. And part of selling hardware is to sell the software that goes with it. So I think digital, I think physical games will still be around for a while. But I think that, that the percentage of people buying games digitally, Bones, is only going to grow. And you got to remember everybody, for a lot of us, especially if you're listening to this podcast, you probably grew up with physical games with your NES cartridges or your Genesis cartridges or you know your playstation discs or fucking the two saturn owners out there i think what did the saturn games come on eight track tapes so i think you guys had eight track tapes like we all had physical media growing up so we're used to that the new generation of gamers a lot of them are never gonna they're gonna know digital like that's gonna be what they're used to and so i think you're gonna see that influence as gaming goes on so i think yeah i think in 10 years i think honestly in 10 years 
bold prediction, maybe. I don't even think people will buy games in 10 years. I, I think that games will just be all on subscription services. Um, I think they'll go the way of DVDs and people won't even buy, like maybe you'll have the option to buy digital games, maybe, but I think 90% of gaming will be in subscription services in 10 years, Bones. That's my that's my answer to your question, especially as internet improves, because you did bring up that people have bad internet and that plays a role as well. Uh, thank you for the question, Bones. I appreciate that. Emily Luna wrote in on Patreon and said, okay, Adam, Capcom comes to you and says, Adam, we love the podcast and we see how much you love Mega Man, so we want you to design your own game. Using only the previously released Mega Man games, you have to pick a Mega Man, such as original Mega Man, Mega Man X, etc., and you have to pick eight Masters slash Mavericks. They can all be from different games. So tell me, what does Mega Man Adam Blank Remix look like? Emily, that fucking question you i know uh, like that turns me on it's a little bit not to be a perv but i fucking love mega man and the idea of capcom coming to me being like adam you're in charge make a mega man game um so i didn't do a lot of homework into this one because i do love mega man and i kind of wanted to just riff uh and just kind of wing it so to answer your question which mega man would i use mega man mega man x etc i you know what i i think it would be really cool to see a game where they interact with each other because Mega Man X is set in the future from Mega Man. And so I think it'd be really cool if there was, I don't know, Dr. Wily, something happens where Dr. Wily goes to the future and runs into Mega Man X and the Mavericks. And then Mega Man in the past is like, you know, caught on to it or something. And I don't want them playing at the same time. I think it'd be cool if you could go through the eight levels as both of them one in the past and one in the future. And maybe in the past, you fight robot masters that Wily has set up. And the, no, no, in the past, you fight Mavericks that Wily has sent back to get rid of Mega Man because he thinks the Mavericks are better. And then maybe in the future, you fight the robot masters from the original games. So then X fights the robot masters and Mega Man fights the Mavericks. And then maybe they share weapons like with each other because they're trying to help each other save the world. And then you could have stuff like seeing Mega Man X on Rush or seeing original Mega Man dealing with Zero. Like, oh my God, I'm fucking getting so excited just talking about it. So that would, that's, if I'm if I'm in charge, if Capcom came and said, Adam, you can make your own Mega Man game, that's what I want is one where the two, and I know that there's other Mega Men, but the two that I know and love the most are Mega Man and Mega Man X. I would have the two of them cross over with each other. And then as far as picking the Robot Masters, that's a tough question. But I know for sure I would have... You know, you know what I would do, I think, with the Robot Masters? Is I would take eight Robot Masters from the first eight Mega Man games and put them in the future for X to fight. And I would take eight Mavericks from the eight Mega Man X games and put them in the past for original Mega Man to fight. And I don't have all 16 right here off the top of my head. And for non-Mega Man fans, you're not going to... I mean, first of all, you're crazy. You don't like Mega Man. But these aren't even going to mean anything to you. But like for sure, uh, you got Cutman, you got to have Snake Man, you got to have Pharaoh Man. Um, those are the ones that really, really jump out at me that I'm like, there's no way you can't have them in there. And then from the Mavericks, the only Maverick that I've ever really, really, really liked is Storm Eagle. Like, I mean, there's some cool Mavericks, but Storm Eagle has always been my favorite Maverick. So um sorry that i don't have a definitive like eight and eight answer but as you can see my answer is all over the board but that's what i would do and then at the end of the game maybe like wiley and sigma are teamed up and you've got to take out both of them or something like that and you switch between Mega Man fighting sigma and Mega Man x fighting wiley and just oh my god that would just be like the coolest i'm like fucking just geeking out all over myself but that's that's what i would do i would find a way to cross them over so that's my answer for you 
Uh, fuck yeah, I could talk Mega Man for days. Thanks, Emily. I appreciate that. Uh, Brian, oh yeah, for the record, for all of you that are Mega Man fans, not to sneak an extra plug in for my Patreon, but we did do, I did one of my episodes of Expansion Pass, somewhere around episode 45 or 50. Uh, I ranked the 11 core Mega Man games. And I'll probably end up doing another Mega Man, maybe ranking like my favorite Robot Masters or some point down the road, maybe. But I'm a I'm a huge Mega Man fan. I oh, I fucking love Mega Man. Uh, Brynamite wrote in and said, with Mario being the mascot of Nintendo and Sonic being the mascot of Sega, who would you say is the mascot of other consoles? Sony had at one time Crash Bandicoot until, you know, it, it didn't. Microsoft, however, uses Master Chief, or at least that's who I think of when I think of Xbox. But is he really a mascot? Uh, you know what? I like talking about this bright my, and to me, yeah, like I, I don't like to call him a mascot, but to me, Master Chief is the face of Xbox. So yeah, I would say he is the mascot for Xbox. And I think most, most people would probably agree with that. It's Master Chief. I know you can make an argument for Gears. I think the Gears games are better as a whole, but Master Chief is Master Chief. Like he built X, he is Mario to Xbox. He is Sonic to Sega. So I would absolutely say Master Chief. The PlayStation one, though, I I actually at one point had ideas to do an expansion pass about this, and then we kind of I dropped it because I didn't know how good the discussion would be. But like you're right, like there was a time when Crash Bandicoot was, uh, and I know some of there's some people listening that hate Crash Bandicoot, but you're you're wrong if you don't think there was a time when Crash Bandicoot was the face of PlayStation because he just was. But now he's on everything and he's not anymore. And I don't think PlayStation has a definitive mascot. And I think, frankly, that's my favorite thing about PlayStation. And that's, you know, I've, I've talked about how I, I, I like and hate different things about each of the main consoles. And my favorite thing about PlayStation since probably the PS3 era has been the, uh, the, the, and it's, I don't even necessarily say the diverse exclusives because 90% of their exclusives are the same third-party action game but I love those third-party action games but it's like who is the face of PlayStation is it Nathan Drake from Uncharted is it Ellie from Last of Us is it Aloy from Horizon now is Kratos from God of War is it Sackboy from Little Big Planet is it Ratchet and Clank like who like who is the face of PlayStation now and I don't know I mean yeah I don't know if there is an answer to that I guess I would, I would, I would probably say Kratos is the closest thing they have to a face of that franchise or of that console right now, especially considering how far back the God of War games go. Although Uncharted, nah, I'm going to say Kratos because the other thing with Uncharted is as much as I love the Uncharted games, Nathan Drake just looks like a normal dude. Like he, like Kratos looks like a video game character. Nathan Drake just looks like the fucking guy that works at Home Depot except he goes out and looks for treasure. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's a very interesting question and I'd love to hear other people's answers on who you think the face of PlayStation is, who the mascot of PlayStation is. Um, I, I think you could make an argument that maybe the little bots, they, they use an Astro bot, uh, or whatever that game is called, the little demo that comes with the PS5. Maybe they keep using them and make them the face. But if I had to make a call right now, I think my money would be on Kratos from the God of War games. But I, I love that they don't have it. Like, they're not locked into anything. Like, they can do whatever they want. I, I think that's awesome. Uh, the Shauner Nonner wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I love the podcast. I started listening a couple weeks ago, and your podcast gets me through the workday. It gives me all the nostalgic feels, and I can't not thank you enough for this awesome laid-back and chill show. Well, thank you, Sean. 
Uh, I have a question for you. How do you manage playing multiple games at once? When I was a kid, I would play one or two games at a time, and now I have multiple consoles and tons of games. A lot of them are unfinished. And I'm thinking about making a spreadsheet that has a breakdown of all my games and how much progress I've made on each one. This may ultimately help me figure out some of my games or if some of my games are even worth keeping. Any advice or thoughts you have will be appreciated. Thanks again, and keep up the great work, Adam. Sean and Honor out. Um, you know what, Sean? For I'm still kind of like that. Like, I prefer to have one narrative-driven game going at a time. And it's pretty rare that you'll catch me with multiple... Because I, yeah, like if it's got a story behind it, then I usually only stick to one. And I also try not to play two of the same game at the same time, like two first person shooters, third, two third party action games, because I find that I get fucked up with the controls. I still have that sometimes. Dude, I just finished playing Resident Evil 7 this weekend on Twitch. And uh, there was so many times the right bumper, I was playing on Xbox, and the right bumper was your to heal, to use your healing item. And for some reason, I had it in my head that that was reload, and I could not shake that muscle memory and the amount of times i wasted healing shit was so frustrating because i kept hitting the thing so i try not to play two of the same game um but like basically how i roll now is i have you know mlb the show is my sports game and then i usually have at least one other kind of open-ended game like most of the time it's tetris 99 sometimes it's slay the spire games that like you're not gonna finish and those are my like just time sync games and then I usually have one retro game going for Remember the Game. Like right now I'm playing Zelda 2 because we won our Patreon poll. And then I usually have like a main game going that is like my personal, like I just finished Resident Evil 7 and next up is Returnal, which I'm probably going to fire up tonight. Um, so I try to, like I don't have a choice. Like, you know, I don't mean to, <laughs> I hate even saying this because I sound like such a, a fucking douchebag when I say it, but like it is kind of my job to play these games now. So I, I look at it that way, but I do try to not play two of the same games. And like I said, I only have one retro game going at a time, one current game that I want to play going at a time, and then a couple of endless games that are just, you know, like MLB The Show is just my time sink game. So that's how I do it. And dude, it's up to you. Like, do whatever you want to do. I used to stress about my backlog and unfinished games and having a spreadsheet and stuff like that as well. And with the with the addition of Game Pass and PS Plus Collection and all my retro consoles and because I have all the mini consoles and shit, like I've just given up. I'm like, I just play what I want to play. I know I'm never going to finish everything. It is what it is. So uh, try to, you know, do you, but that's what I would say. If you're going to play multiple games at once, like I could never play two RPGs at the same time. Um, you know, and then fucking forget where I was going in one RPG and then forget where I was going with the other one or what my team was supposed to be like. That's if I, you're going to play multiple games at once, just try to stick to different genres. So you're not stepping on each other's toes. I guess that at the end of very long answer to a very short question. Uh, where were we here? Astro Alpica wrote in. I'm sure I said that wrong. And Astro said, hi, Adam. I'm a big fan of your work. I've been listening to your podcast since September. I apologize for not subscribing to you on Patreon sooner. No, I never sweat that, Astro. Um, as a born and bred Winnipegger, I take a long time to make decisions involving my money. I just wanted to thank you for all the hard work you're doing. Every week, I look forward to listening to your podcast on my commute to work. It gives me something to look forward to during these unpredictable times. At the moment, I work as a teacher, and listening to your podcast has inspired me to find ways to connect with my students and keep them engaged by creating assignments and content using elements from video games discussed on your show. I also wanted to ask, what is your opinion on pen and paper RPGs like Dungeons and Dragons? I've also been listening to a lot of podcasts that are live plays of comedians playing D&D over Zoom or Discord, and I was wondering if you would ever consider that idea as a potential show. Uh, well, first of all, Astro, thank you for fucking teaching in these crazy times. I don't, I, and like, I'm not trying to, you know, suck your ass because you've already given me your $2 for the month, but 
I think if you guys follow my personal Twitter, I've ranted about it many times. I think teachers are about the most underappreciated fucking people on the planet right now. So thanks for teaching. And, uh, and yeah, just quickly, you apologize for not signing up on Patreon sooner. I, the reason that remember the game will always be free. And I've, I have, I have had so many people tell me I should be taking the original 50, 75, hundred episodes of remember the game and just put them behind the Patreon wall. Just that two bucks. And people would probably pay for it to get access to a hundred old episodes. I never want anyone to feel obligated to support me in the show. If you just listen, that's cool. So thank you. And thank you to everyone that signs up, but you'll never have to pay to listen to remember the game. And if I ever go back on that fucking light me up. Cause I, I've been tempted, but I, I won't do it. All right. I may, I may add ads at some point, but we've talked about that before. So I can't sponsors don't seem to want to work with me, but what, I don't give a fuck. Anyway, uh, to answer your question, I know nothing about dungeons and dragons. I've never played dungeons and dragons i don't it's always kind of fascinated me but i've just never put the time into learning it so um i haven't ever considered that as an idea for a podcast just because i would be completely faking it because i don't know anything about it that said i'm certainly not one of those guys who's going to rip on someone for playing dungeons and dragons i think the concept of it is awesome i know several of our guests play david ray the guest on the show this week if you guys look in the description box he has a podcast I don't want to say it's exactly about Dungeons and Dragons because again I don't know a ton about that stuff but you'll hear him talk about it at the end of the show David is all about Dungeons and Dragons so check him out his information is in the contact or in the in the description of this podcast I know a ton of comedians do it it's just not my thing so it's, uh, I hope that's and it's maybe not the answer you're looking for but yeah I just don't know anything about it uh, and it intimidates the fuck out of me I look at it and I'm like dude that would be fun but it just intimidates the shit out of me uh, a couple more here. We'll move on. The Good Enough Gamer wrote in and said, Hey, Adam, I've been a listener and fan of your show, and I've even managed to bring a couple of guys with me. Shout out to 8Bits and Doug Dorn. I will try to keep this brief, but I wanted to thank you, first of all, for the great shows, and second, for inspiring me to start my own YouTube channel. When I hear your show, it reminds me that it doesn't have to be perfect. Just have fun with what you're doing. I've taken a shot at my dream to create some videos. If there are any, if there are any good, only time will tell. Watching you grow the show and a quality group of hot dogs gives me hope. I know it'll be tough. Go, uh, it'll be a tough go working a full-time job and being a husband and a dad, but I'm giving it my best shot. Be on the lookout for the good enough gamer on YouTube and Instagram. Thanks again for all that you do. And I read that one not because I know I just read three in a row that were like, hey, I love the podcast, and I try not to read too many. I read all those, and please, like, never, never hesitate to send me one of those because that makes me feel like a boss. It feels awesome, but I try not to read too many on the show because I don't want to come across as a guy that's just you know taking up his own hype. Um, but I read that one because uh, you know what, good enough. Good. First of all, I wanted to plug your channel, Good Enough Gamer on YouTube. And second of all, good luck. And all of you listening, whether you've ever thought about starting a, a podcast or a Twitch channel or a YouTube channel or fucking whatever, I know a bunch of you have done it since you started listening to this. And I just, I am the fucking concrete proof that you do not need to know what you're doing to fucking start all this stuff. Go to Google, go to YouTube. It can fucking teach you anything. Everything I do from the podcast to my Twitch streams to every, I guess that's, all I do. But anyway, of the stuff, the let's plays, all that shit, everything I do, I learned how to do it from Google and YouTube. That's it. And don't stress out if it's not perfect. It's not going to be perfect. I promise you in a year from now, good enough gamer, you're going to look back at your YouTube videos right now and fucking hate them. Cause I hate, I hate podcasts from six months ago, much less three years ago. I hate my comedy from fucking three years ago. That means you're getting better. So don't stress out about it. Don't worry about making everything perfect. Put your heart into it. Listen to your fans. Listen to feedback. And just try to make it everyone a little bit better. And, and love what you're doing. If you don't love doing it, you're wasting your time because you're, you're going to quit. It's that simple. Don't do it for the views. Don't do it for the fans. Do it because you enjoy doing it. And if it catches on, that's the gravy on top of the fries, man. But just eat your fries. Everybody likes fries. So good luck. Good enough, gamer. And finally, 
before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. And uh, I'm kind of, kind of, well, I guess I didn't really answer this. Sean Radford wrote into us on Patreon and said, I've just recently run across your podcast in the last month and I love it. Your pure enthusiasm for gaming and wrestling hits so close to home for me. I just recently decided on a career change at the age of 34. I've been in the food slash retail space my whole life and studying to go into web development. As someone who has made a huge career change such as yourself, any overall advice? I'm a little terrified. Sean uh, my first piece of advice would be to get a rich wife because that's what I did. Uh, well, okay. So that's kind of what I did. You know what? I take some shit from comedians about that sometimes, but like, if you guys don't know, like I'm 37 and I didn't start stand up until I was 32. And I obviously didn't start this podcast until three years ago. And before that I worked a little bit of sales and mostly just drove a forklift and worked in a warehouse and hated it. And then I started doing stuff like this on the side. You know, I started doing stand-up in the evenings and driving the forklift all day. And then as that started to catch on and I started to gain a little bit of momentum and started getting bookings, then I transitioned out into being a full-time comedian. And I'm very fortunate that my girlfriend and I, we don't have any kids. We don't have a ton of debt. My girlfriend does have a really good paying job. So she was like, yo, she was the one that pushed me out of the plane and said, go full-time into stand-up. We'll be fine. And I don't want to say, I mean, I guess I can say the shit kind of worked out. So um, I would say... And this goes to everybody. Don't do something you hate for the rest of your life. And I understand that I'm in a better position than most because I don't have kids and we didn't have a ton of debt. And I was, you know, I live in a big city where there's lots of opportunity and not everyone has those things. And like, don't, you don't just quit your job. Make sure you can pay your bills. Make sure you can feed your family. Take care, take care of your family first, always. And if you've got to work a shitty job to take care of your family, then you fucking do it because that's part of being an adult. But there's nothing wrong with looking at options or like you said, you're studying to go into web development. I think that's fucking awesome. So if you're going to change your career and dude, 34 is not too fucking old to change your career. I quit my day job at 34 and went full-time comedian at 34. Um, be sure about what you're doing. Don't pick, never pick a career based on the money ever, never, ever. If I could give one, I'm a big believer that people should not be allowed to go to post-secondary school until they're 20 years old. So if you graduate high school when you're 17 or 18, you should have to take a couple years and work in the real world before you go to post-secondary because way too many people fucking go right into college or university or out of high school doing what they think that they should do or maybe what their parents told them to do or what they think will pay a big, uh, a, a giant payday and then they end up fucking hating their lives. I have a friend who is a financial advisor and he makes great money at one of the biggest banks in Canada and he is miserable at that fucking job. He hates it. But he went to school right out of call or right out of high school. He went to university or whatever it is he did. I don't know what degree he fucking has, but he went to post-secondary, got his degree and now he makes great money, but he hates his job. And I, and I just, I wanted to be a lawyer. The only reason that I didn't go to law school when I graduated high school was because I didn't have the grades and I had to upgrade and I got lazy and never bothered to upgrade. And now I'm so fucking grateful because I think law is fascinating. But if I was a lawyer, I'd be the most miserable piece of shit. Because now I, as I've gotten older, I've also realized that like, I, I, I'm fascinated by law. It's honestly one of my favorite things in the world to read about is law and legal studies and stuff like that. Um, but I, I wouldn't want to have to do it for a living. I want it to just be something I'm fascinated, you know, about that I, I read about. Um, so for anyone that wants to transition into a new career, start slow. Don't fuck yourself over. You gotta, it sucks, man. It sucks trying to work at night on something while you work all day. I understand that. I, dude, I used to sleep in my car during my lunch break at my warehouse job because I was out all night doing open mics and then had to be at work for 5 a.m. So I would sleep in my car at lunch because I was so tired, but that's how you got to pay your dues and it sucks. 
and you'll appreciate it more afterwards. If you pay your dues, you'll appreciate it more. Pick something you're, you're passionate about, something you want to do. Don't pick something just for the money because it doesn't, dude, you can make $2 million a year. Okay, man, $2 million is a lot of money, but you can make a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. If you fucking hate your job, it's not going to be worth it. So make sure that you pick what you're passionate about. Take your time, be smart about it. Try to stay out of debt or try to keep your debt as low as possible. Don't fucking buy a house you can't afford don't buy a brand new car that now you got to pay for every month because that's what they do that's what the banks do and i'm not i'm not like anti-government fucking um conspiracy guy but like that is what they do they try to get you into debt because now you can't quit your job because you got too much debt to pay and you can't leave and that's that now you're in that cycle so try to keep your debt low try to live below your means pick something you're passionate about and don't half-ass it pay your dues and work hard i truly believe that hard work pays off i i fucking God damn it, do I fucking believe that. So just every day. I remember when I started comedy. Sorry, guys, we're going to wrap this up in a minute. But I remember when I started stand-up, uh, a guy who was actually a pretty big piece of shit, but uh, a comedian that I when, I when I started was talking to me, and he was using the analogy of like uh, being a, a running back in football. And you don't have to understand football to understand this analogy, but everyone, if you know anything about football, you know you need to gain 10 yards in your four downs to get another set of downs to keep the ball moving. And that's what he was telling me. He's like, comedy takes time and so does any other thing any education anything you want to get you just got to keep grinding dude and whether you gain five yards on this on this attempt or whether you gain six inches just fucking just keep moving forward just put your head down fuck what and fuck what everyone else is doing don't look at them ignore them look to people that you look up to and draw inspiration from them i do that from comedians and i do particularly from podcast hosts but i also do that from some comedians just fucking keep grinding toward your goal and if you're really passionate about whatever's at the end of the field you will get to the end of the field if you just keep working so good luck sean put your head down fuck the haters work that would be my advice uh but just make sure you can pay your bills too okay all right that's that will do it that's fuck me i said i was gonna rush through this and i'm not rushing through anything uh but thank you to everyone that wrote in much appreciated as always keep writing them in and i'll keep reading them it's awesome uh quickly too a couple of you wrote in with e3 predictions we're definitely gonna do next sunday so this sunday coming up expansion pass is gonna be games that need a sequel next sunday which is june 6th 6th there's my voice crack for the week yeah sunday june 6th we're going to do E3 predictions. So that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. So I didn't, I didn't ignore them, but we'll do that down the road. Uh, all right. That's, that'll do it for blowing in the cartridge. Let's just, uh, let's switch it up and let's get into our smash hit segment. Play one, remake one, erase one. And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple, you guys. Every week, I give our listeners three retro games. They can play one as it was released. They can remake one as a modern game. The third is a race from time forever. Uh, this week, I decided to change it up a little bit. Considering we're talking such a massive game in Super Mario Brothers, and we've already done one of these with Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3, I wanted to make it a massive edition of Play, Remake, Erase. So we're running it with three franchises. The Mario franchise, the Zelda franchise, the Pokemon franchise. You can play the old games in one, but never get a new one. You can remake a franchise, meaning that you can continue to pump out new titles in the future and do whatever you want with it. And the third franchise doesn't exist. As always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. We'll get to that in a minute. We had 60 comments this week i don't even our previous records probably 30 or 40 60 patreons wrote in with their play one remake one erase one picks this week holy shit thank you i can't read all of them but i'm gonna read a few i read them all personally 
Thank you so much to everyone that played. And we also run a poll over on Patreon to see what the definitive winning combination is. And this week, it wasn't even close. With 57% of the vote. And keep in mind, there were six, there's six options. So that is a huge, huge win. 57% out of six possible choices. Play Mario, remake Zelda, erase Pokemon was the popular choice. 57%. Um, so let's look at some of your submissions here. I've got some from all six possible combinations uh to read just to give you guys an idea of the lay of the land here uh the most popular answer like i said was to play mario remake zelda erase pokemon good a wrote in on patreon and said play mario because they've already mastered both 2d side scrolling adventures and 3d world gaming and they've even dabbled in rpgs and sports games and if you erase mario then where would gaming be today remake zelda making new zelda games there's room for a better story to be played out in new games even remaking old td or 2d zelda games into the new art style has done zelda well so far and then erase pokemon honestly after red and blue i lost interest in pokemon pokemon is big but it's not as big as the other two franchises and I know before anyone writes in and yells at me, because I know we're going to hear about it, because I heard about it on Expansion Pass this week, I know Pokemon is the highest grossing franchise in anything ever. I, I understand that. But I understand where Good A is coming from. And that's, I'm telling you guys right now, that was the popular choice. And I've read all the comments. And out of 60 people, I would guess 40 plus erased Pokemon. They, they might have flipped their order between Mario and Zelda, but they erased Pokemon. And I, I love Pokemon too, but I, I agree. Out of Mario, Zelda, and Pokemon red and blue to me really was the peak and maybe i'm the wrong person to talk to but i don't agree with your play and remake order good day but i'm on board i have no beef with pokemon at all but it's just not on the mario zelda level for me either and daniel wrote in and said the same thing i would play mario just because it's mario enough said i would remake zelda the zelda franchise is one of the best in history and sadly i would say goodbye to pokemon it's not that i hate it actually some of my best childhood memories are playing pokemon on my game boy with my friends I just can't erase Mario or Zelda. It's like erasing my childhood, which I guess I kind of am with Pokemon. And that was the problem that I ran into as well, Daniel, because uh, I guess, spoiler for my answer, now you guys know what my answer is, but I'm going to be erasing Pokemon too. And it's like, and that is part of my childhood. And I used to watch the cartoon and watch the movies and I loved Pokemon Red and Blue and and I had the, the, the I never got into the cards, but I had tons of toys and shit. Of course, I like Pokemon just like everybody. I still like Pokemon. But it's just not Mario and Zelda. I get it. You just, I can't get rid of Mario or Zelda. I can't do it. So I understand. Um, now, some people can get rid of Zelda. And listen to this. Martin Greenwood wrote in and said, I'd play Mario as they're the best way to lose 20 minutes or a few hours and still have a great time. I'd remake Pokemon as I have invested far too much of my life to catching them all. Easily the most hours I've put into any gaming franchise and the greatest enjoyment I've gotten out of one. And goodbye, Zelda. I've tried and tried to like you, but every time I do, I just don't get it. It's very expensive to buy the new Zelda game and two or three hours in go, it's just not for me over and over again. So erase that little get and give me some of my money back, please. And you gotta, you know what's crazy? The majority of people erased Pokemon, but there were people that wrote in and that erased Mario. And I don't think anyone wrote in saying they hated Mario, but there were people that wrote in and were just like, we've done it. We've played these a million times. Zelda and Pokemon are more variety, which I don't know if I would agree with, but, but whatever. Um, but there was a few people that wrote in shitting on Zelda. Martin's not the only one. Some people just weren't interested 
in playing any more Zelda games. Listen to this. Nathaniel Shelley wrote in and said, this one was a tough decision, but I got to play the Mario franchise as it is. It's got just about everything you need. I'm going to keep making Pokemon games and have them focus on more specific regions in countries, specifically the Panhandle Northwest here in the States. Living here all my life, I've seen the diverse wildlife and landscapes it would provide to the Pokemon series. And then erase Zelda because I've never had a great attachment to the franchise outside of Wind Waker and it's clear Nintendo has forgot the GameCube exists so I'll never get another remake anyway. And uh, Nathaniel, you're not wrong. Nintendo has forgot that the GameCube exists. I can get on board with that. But I think, like, if you like Mario, then you like Mario. And and I think Pokemon, if you like... For, most RPG fans probably like Pokemon. I think they're kind of babies for RPG to an extent. But they're such a great idea. Whereas Zelda, like, I like Zelda. I don't love Zelda. I like Zelda. And I think that there's absolutely something to be said for Zelda just not clicking with everybody. I I can I can see why. Because there are some games... In, there's not a game in Mario or a game in Pokemon I dislike as much as Majora's Mask. And please don't write in yelling at me. We've, we've had this discussion. Zelda is the most polarizing of the three. So I can get this logic. I can get on board with this. Um, Doug Dorn wrote in... Also wants to erase Zelda, but flips the other two. I'd play Pokemon. I've never tried it, so it's only fair. That's crazy, Doug. Try a Pokemon game. Doug said he'd remake Mario. As long as there's always new Mario games, then I'll be happy. And then Doug said he'd erase Zelda because given a choice, I will always erase Zelda. Then there are no more Zelda games, no more Zelda cartoons, and no more Zelda podcasts. Whew. The Zelda podcasts are some of our highest downloaded podcasts every time we do one. And Doug doesn't want them anymore. Guys, for $5, I'll give you Doug's uh, email address and you can yell at him. Don't yell at me. Don't shoot the... I'm just kidding. I'm not going to sell his email address. But uh, that's a hot take, Doug. You're going to hear about that one, my friend. Um, And now, again, in the interest of fairness, there's a few people that want to erase Mario. And I'm going to give a couple of them some time here before I give you my answer. Cody Poland wrote in, I said, this is tough. I would play Pokemon because I have so many memories of playing with friends, but the series seems to have lost its way in newer games. I would remake Zelda since I feel there is more that can be done with this series and it has been getting better with every new game minus Skyward Sword. That means that Mario gets erased, as hard as that is to say. It seems like there are more indie games that try to emulate Mario, so the gap that it leaves will be more easily filled than if I erase the others. And I won't lie to you, Cody, I think that erasing, like, erasing, everyone that wrote in Erasing Mario is on double secret probation just by default, because not not in my fucking house. But there's a great argument to be made there, Cody. Mario influenced so many platformers that now you're right, like... If I could never play a Mario game again, I could still get my fix of platformers. So I, I, it hurts and I don't agree, but I understand that logic, Cody. I can get on board with that. And Raging Demon wrote in and said, I know this won't be popular, but I need to do the right thing. Mario didn't rescue video games. Nintendo making good games did. And I just like Zelda and Pokemon more as franchises than Mario. Sorry, you weird little plumber and friends. So I would play Zelda, remake Pokemon to make them harder and erase Mario. Raging Demon gives tissues and hand brochures to a support group to Mario fans who can't handle the new reality. Demon's been coming in here with that take for a couple of since the Mario episode on Sunday about how Mario didn't save video games, Nintendo making good games did. And I agree with you, Demon. But the first good game they made that saved gaming was Mario. And without Mario, they may not have had the chance to make Kirby, to make Zelda, to make Punch-Out, etc. So... 
it's a chicken and egg thing and I don't necessarily agree, but I respect the take and I understand the logic and I absolutely can get on board with the idea of remaking Pokemon games and putting in a harder difficulty. Why the fuck they haven't done that? I don't know. When I played Sword and Shield, I thought I, I liked Sword and Shield way more than most people did, but fuck, why can't you just put in a hard mode where the opposing trainer uses a little bit of strategy back, right? If you can make a fucking computer program that can beat the world's best chess players at chess, you can make a Pokemon trainer that understands that they shouldn't put their Squirtle out when I'm rocking a Charizard. You know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't be that fucking... Oh, wait, no, they should put the Squirtle out. Okay, see, this is why I'm not the computer that plays Pokemon. You should put the... Oh, good thing I caught that because I would have fucking heard about it. You get what I'm trying to say. Anyway, okay. So that was all the other... That covers five of the six possible layouts. Uh, I respect all the takes, but you're all wrong. 17% of you got the order right, including Darth Obvious, which should be play Zelda, remake Mario, and erase Pokemon. Darth Obvious wrote in and said, this one is absolutely brutal, but for me, it's easy to erase Pokemon. The first game was good, but ever since then, it's been the exact same game with different monsters every time. Play Zelda, because before Breath of the Wild, you could accuse them of doing the same thing as Pokemon. The games have all felt very the same. Find the item in the dungeon, use that item to complete the dungeon, and then find the next one. And then keep making Mario because at this point he's like Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse in that you can plug him into just about any situation or environment and make it work. So there's more possibilities there than retooling a medieval legend over and over again. And Darth, I'm in the same exact boat as you. Similar logic at times. I personally, guys, would play Zelda because I don't dislike Zelda, but I'm good with what we have. If you told me they're never going to make another one, but I have to play the back catalog, I'm happy with that. It's not my favorite franchise. I do like almost all of the games that I've played. Honestly, the only Zelda that I have played that I really disliked was Majora's Mask. I, I have not played Skyward Sword, and I was lukewarm on Twilight Princess, but I don't hate the franchise. Uh, I'm just good. I was torn on which franchise I would play and which franchise I would erase between Zelda and Pokemon. But by and large, I just enjoy the Poke or the Zelda games more than Pokemon. And we'll talk about that more in a second with the erase. I would remake Mario. And I think everybody knew that I'd be remaking Mario because I'm never going to not want more Mario games. Fucking EA could buy Mario, annualize them with Mario 23, Mario 24, Mario 25, fill it with microtransactions and bullshit like that and make a broken game. And I'd probably bitch about it while I sent them all my money to keep playing Mario. And then I would erase Pokemon because I, I like Pokemon, but there has, I have not connected with the game in that series since Pokemon Red and Blue. I think the criticisms that it's the same game over and over again are absolutely legit. I wish the game was harder. And as a casual RPG fan, I would much rather play Final Fantasy or something like that than play more Pokemon games. So I, it's not that I dislike it, but yeah, I would erase Pokemon. Plus, if I erase Pokemon, people can't kick poor Bulbasaur anymore because everyone that disrespects Bulbasaur is on triple double secret probation because Bulbasaur is the best fucking starter and you can all fucking... Oh, we're not getting into this right now. I could do an episode of Expansion Pass where all I do is fucking blow smoke up Bulbasaur's ass, but I'll never do it because I don't want to listen to the fucking comments from all you fucking Charmander hard-ons out there. Oh, Charmander's the best one with his little fucking match tail that if it goes out, he dies. And then when he evolves into an actual useful Pokemon, he turns into a temperamental piece of shit that won't listen to what you fucking tell him to do. Oh, I hate that. Anyways. <sighs> that's gonna do it good stuff thank you everyone that played over 60 people wrote in that's insane to me thank you for everyone that played play one remake one erase one i told you this was gonna be long let me break down what i've been playing then we'll talk super mario brothers and i'm gonna fly through this still playing mlb the show at night almost every night fucking love it game's awesome still playing xcom 2 i really like it 
but I'm really tempted to just shelf it and wait for it to go on sale on either Xbox or PlayStation again and buy it over there. It goes on sale there pretty regularly. And I just, I really hate, you guys know I'm not a PC gamer. I really just don't enjoy sitting at my PC, like my laptop, even when it's plugged in, trying to use it and hooking it up to my TV works, but I just can't be bothered when I could just pick up my Xbox controller, turn it on and play. So I love XCOM, but I might wait for a console version to go cheaper. Uh, I finished Resident Evil 7. Uh, some people asked if I was going to do an expansion pass about it. I wouldn't be able to do an expansion pass about Resident Evil 7 until June 13th at the earliest, which I guess it's already like three years old, but it is also three years old. I plan on do a ranking episode of Resident Evil down the road. Uh, so I don't know if you guys would be interested in an episode about Resident Evil 7, then let me know and I'll do one. Uh, I, I liked, I liked more than I hated, but I didn't love it. Uh, I also finished Parasite Eve on the PS1, which we'll be doing a podcast about in a couple of weeks, so I'm going to save my thoughts there. And I'm playing Zelda 2 The Adventures Leak right now for the first time ever, outside of like little casual dinking around with it in the past, uh, to get ready for a future episode because we won the Patreon poll this month. And uh, I think it's pretty neat. I like it. So there you go. That's what I've been playing. Let's get into Super Mario Brothers, the main event. That's why you're here. As you know, I like to let you kids sound off before I get into the game chat itself. And like play one, remake one, erase one this month, we or this week, we had a ton of comments. And I knew we would, which is why we dedicated Expansion Pass to talk about Mario this week. But just a few of the comments I got about Super Mario Brothers. Jerry Robinson wrote in and said, the very first video game I ever played as a four-year-old with my older cousin when she would babysit me. Simple yet enjoyable what a video game is all about. You can either rush through it for your fastest time or try to play every level. And once you get that fire flower, it was game over for the enemies. And I agree. There's something about getting a fire. I ah, because I don't speed run this game ever. I like to just play through it. And once you get a hold of a fire flower, the entire game becomes about just not losing that fire flower. Fucking one of the greatest power-ups ever. Rogue Agent wrote in and said, What was Nintendo thinking all those years ago in a boardroom coming up with a mascot? Uh, how about an overweight plumber with a porn star mustache? Everyone must have thought this was an April Fool's joke. And then bam, all he does is become the most recognizable character in gaming history. Such a great game and will always be the elite gaming character. My apologies to Sonic. And I, I like, to me, Sonic is number two. And I've argued, like we did the game out Rushmore gaming. I've always thought Sonic is the number two. Well, and I, again, Pokemon, I know I don't give a shit what you say. Sonic is number two after Mario, as far as recognizability, in my opinion, and like legacy status, but Mario's number one. No question. Scott Brooks wrote in and said, world one, one, the most iconic level in all of video game history. I remember the first time my six year old self laid eyes on that first Goomba. I mistimed my jump and was promptly killed. I was also hopelessly addicted from that moment on. Mario Brothers would go on to be the very first game I beat completely by myself. And I still love hearing that music when I start 1 1 again all these years later. And it's funny you brought up that Goomba, uh, Scott. You weren't the only one to write in about that Goomba. We have an entire part of the game chat I'm going to get to in a second dedicated to how many people that initial Goomba has fucking killed. I love it. Uh, a couple more. Matt McLean said, this is the game that solidified the fact that I would be gaming for a lifetime and I never even owned an NES. My parents had a ColecoVision that I can distinctly remember playing as a three, four, five-year-old and I remember loving it, but it was playing Super Mario Brothers at our family friend's home that opened my eyes to where gaming could take my little brain and the rest is history. And I, yeah, and I know a ton of people feel that way. They might've played Atari or ColecoVision or something beforehand. Mario's what 
Mario was the fucking drug. I get it. And finally, Sam Wright wrote in and said, my cousin was visiting from out of town and brought his NES system along with him. This was my first introduction to Super Mario Brothers. I remember being absolutely amazed at how cool the game looked. I couldn't believe that a game like this was playable in my house. It changed my life. I was just a youngster, so I wasn't able to get past the first couple levels, but man, did I love it. This game has been part of my gaming life since that time, and it will always remember it for my being my first experience. And yeah, I feel the same way, Sam, and you guys are about to hear that. This is an incredibly special episode to me, not because it's episode 150, but because it's Super Mario Brothers. And this game just means more to me than any work of art, content, media, fucking whatever you wanted to classify it as. This game means more to me than any of them. And uh, we're about to talk about it for an hour and 45 minutes or so. So get comfortable. I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to cue up some sweet, sweet music that you're all going to know. And, uh, and in a minute, I'll turn it off. And then we'll talk about the original, iconic, legendary, historic Super Mario Brothers, which originally released in North America alongside the NES back in 1985. Let's go. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Look, we all need somebody. Your spouse, your friends, your family. Lean on me. When you're not strong. I hope my singing didn't ruin your day. But the point is, we all need relationships. And unfortunately, they're not always easy. They take work. My substantially better half and I have put more work into our relationship than just about anything I've ever touched. And that's how she's been able to stand me for so long. It's give and take. And therapy can be a great way to help balance the taking with the giving. I've been beating this drum for a while and I will continue to beat. Talking to a therapist is one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's almost like a massage for your mind. My therapist has helped me be a better partner, friend, and person. And honestly, sometimes they've just been a great ear to bend when I need to vent about the stress in my life. And therapy can help anyone. You don't have to have been through some crazy trauma to reap the benefits of talking to somebody. If any of this is getting through and you're thinking about giving therapy a shot, consider better help. I've used them myself, and they're legit when they say they make therapy as convenient and accommodating as possible. Fill out a short questionnaire, and they'll match you with a licensed therapist that suits your needs, and you schedule appointments around your schedule. And all of your sessions are done online or over the phone, so you can squeeze in a mind massage when it works best for you. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RememberTheGame today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash RememberTheGame. Okay, so joining me via the blank phone this week is, uh, I was going to say for the 150th time, but you haven't done this 100 and 150 times uh fortunately for you because i couldn't talk to me 150 times that sounds like (laughs) hell um hell but but joining me this week is a longtime friend of mine a frequent guest on the show it's my my good man uh the gentleman himself the gentleman of remember the game industries mr david ray how's it i like that you are the gentleman yeah i'll take that title yeah it fits how you doing buddy yeah i'm doing pretty good uh I, I like that you're like, oh, for the 150th time, this is the 150th episode. Like, you immediately have invalidated your your statement because, 
I haven't been on every one, you know that. No, not even close. No, God. I like I <laughs> but I will say that like I keep a, a spreadsheet on my computer of every episode cuz I, you know, I, I'll be I'll be completely honest, guys, like it's hitting a point where like there's the odd game where I'm like, have we covered that game? And I have to look back and see, you know, like, it's 150. That's yeah. a lot of games. And uh and I keep track of all the games and I also keep track of all the guests. And if I'm not mistaken, uh Mark McHugh is leading the pack and then his brother and you are two and three for the most times on the show. So oh, there you go. Uh, so before we get into Super Mario Brothers, before we get oh, and you and I have to address Mark McHugh quickly, and we're gonna get to that in just a second as well because you posted something, <laughs> and we're gonna get to all that. But before we do any of that, uh, you're the only one of my regular guests that I have on the show during episode 150. So I would just like to, uh, and I mean this with the utmost of sincerity, dude. Thank you, and and for the rest of my listener and my rest of my guests, part of me that are listening to this right now. Uh, thank you guys so much for all the time you've taken out of your schedules to uh, talk about old video games with me because there's just no way we would have gotten here without uh, <laughs> without your dedication to the hobby. So, dude, thank you so much for doing this. I really, really appreciate all the time you've taken, David. No, no problem. It's, it's great. And I, I enjoy uh, talking with you, going over these games. And even as you're saying, like, I don't know if I've done that uh, show before. Like, I, I have that feeling, too. I'm like, Wait, did I talk to him about Super Mario World? I don't know if I. I don't think so. Like, yeah, some of those. I, I, because uh, you and I talk every once in a while. Of like, what, what's other games can we do? And I'll pitch ones. I'm like, did I do that one? Has that happened? I don't know. Yeah, you, dude. But, I've had, and I won't name them, but two regular guests have pitched games to me to cover on the show that they have already covered with me on the show. And then they're like, <laughs> oh wow, and it's like, yeah, I get it. So I understand that a hundred percent. Uh, so yeah. now for episode 150, we're going to cover Super Mario Brothers. And before we yeah. get there, for longtime listeners of the show, uh, we just have one last piece of spring cleaning before we get into the iconic Super Mario Brothers. Mark McHugh is a regular on our podcast. Many of you know that. <laughs> and I have long since referred to him as the former Hall of Famer. And I got to be honest, in case you don't know, because I know we have a ton of new listeners. If you're wondering why I call Mark McHugh the former Remember the Game Hall of Famer, it's because he insisted that we cover Mario is Missing on the podcast. And Mario was, and that was back in like the eighties or nineties episodes. And that's one of the worst video games ever. And I hate that game so much. And I got so mad during that episode that I told Mark, he will never get into our hall of fame because he insisted that we cover that show. So if you're wondering where that joke came from, that's why. But now David, you presented a piece of evidence to me the other day, which is actually a year old that you had presented a year ago, uh, explaining why precisely Mark can never get into the hall of fame. And I can't agree with you more. And it ties into mario not mario one but it ties into the mario yeah. franchise so uh if you would i'll i'll shut up if you would like to quickly take the floor and explain your case i'm on your side like you're yeah, on yeah. stand please explain so, to the jury why mark should never be back in the hall of fame uh so exhibit uh, exhibit b of why mark should uh, not be in the hall of fame i was uh, i'm roommates with mark and i saw him playing super mario 3 he was in uh world 7 level 4 he was play, playing with another friend. Uh, they are not important for this because they're not in the Hall of Fame. But Mark, he uh, was uh, playing, and he was playing with save states on not the end of the game even seven four. He and he was like, "Oh, it's tough. It's too what, Mark? What are you doing? Oh. If you die, you go back to the start of the level. Who cares that you can't just go." jump by jump and enemy by enemy. I was so disgusted. <laughs> I, I've, 
I was it. It boiled me up. You can, you have to at least get to like a midway point in the level or something. Like to, Mario yeah. three levels are not that long. You guys, I'll be frank. I can't excuse save states in any Mario other than lost levels. Lost levels. I do think there's something to be said lost, for beating lost, lost levels without it. Um, yes. which I have done. Thank you very much. But I will say that like, that's the one where I'm like, this game's pretty friggin' hard. Like, okay. But Mario three, and particularly not even halfway through world seven in Mario three. And for a man with the gaming pedigree and apparent gaming chops as Mark McHugh to resort to something like save states. And then to, 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 to actually justify it by saying it's too hard. Never. And if for all of you listening that have been longtime pushers that Mark should get back into the Hall of Fame, if this doesn't sway you, you're probably a sociopath. There's just no way to do it. This is horrible. It's inexcusable. David was right to call. David called Mark out on social media and he made use of the, the classic principal Skinner meme where he's just looking down, like down his nose and it just says pathetic. And I just was like, that's so spot on. And when I saw you post it, I wanted to share it all over social media, but I didn't want to share your social media across all of my social media. So I didn't do that. But, uh, I dude, thank you for bringing that evidence to the jury's attention. And, uh, Mark is never getting into the hall of fame because he had to cheat at Mario brothers. Three. That's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like until I watch him and I sit down with him and I watch him play every single level of Super Mario Three, I will not rescind my my opinion on that. It, this is truly like a Lance Armstrong moment. You know what I mean? Yes. Where it's just yes, you're capable. You're capable of doing this, and the fact that you will not. Oh. Yeah, that just I saw that and I was I was sickened. I thought no no <laughs> chance in hell get out of my hall at you son of a bitch. Anyway, so, so we got to move on. Yes. We got to go. So we'll we'll yeah. get into Super Mario. So okay, but that's kind of a cool segue. So Super Mario yeah. Brothers three on the NES. Whether you have to cheat to beat it or not, unequivocally <laughs> one of the greatest video games of all time. And anyone that argues that Mario Brothers three is not one of the greatest video games of all time doesn't know video games. It's that simple. Yeah. Having said that. Our focus today for episode 150, after 10 minutes of incoherent rambling, is the original Super Mario Brothers. And if Mario Brothers 3 is one of the greatest games of all time, David, I'm not saying that the original Super Mario Brothers is the greatest game of all time as far as the mechanics, as far as the depth, as far as any of that stuff. I, you will never convince me that this is not the Babe Ruth of video games, though. This is the <laughs> yeah. most important, the most iconic and and so in that sense, the greatest video game ever made. I truly I believe that. Babe Ruth is a really apt comparison, I feel. Because, like, yeah, Babe Ruth would not be able to survive in modern-day baseball. No, but, he was like, a big, fat guy who swung at everything. He'd have no chance in today's game. Yeah, no chance. Yeah. But, like, it, it was – he was big in his day. He was one of the biggest baseball celebrities. In the same way, Mario Brothers is like that, too. Like – I agree. It's not the greatest mechanically, but it also was a turning point. I know I, in previous episodes I've talked about like this game is uh, like a linchpin in video game history. Yeah. And uh, and Super Mario Brothers kind of like saved home uh, video games. It did. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. It did. I, I, like, I, I think it would still eventually have gotten there at some point in the development, I suppose. But Mario Brothers was the game that came along that finally grabbed people. And yeah, Atari had come before that, and they were not 
really able to do it with anything in particular. Nintendo comes in Super Mario Brothers. That's there we go. Now we can people can believe in buying uh, systems yeah. and getting on board. I'm not gonna like pretend to be a gaming historian. I always advertise that our podcast isn't a history lesson, and it's not. So if you want to know more about what led up to Super Mario Brothers there's countless podcast videos, articles, et cetera, out there. But to give you guys a really quick for our younger listeners, and maybe for people that weren't around during the NES era to just give you a quick idea, like prior to super Mario brothers and the NES, and I'm not even speaking for Japan. I'll just speak of here in North America, uh, in the, in the mid eighties, when this game came out in North America, like there had been an, uh, an overabundance of home consoles and a ton of crap a ton of crap and people had really just kind of poo-pooed on the entire hobby and it was really going the way of the dodo like it was in a bad way the the hobby was and then it's like go ahead it's like a uh, it's like they released a series of virtual boys yeah you know what i mean yes (laughs) it like like gaming was like or a lot of sega saturns for our sega saturn fans Uh yeah and anyway so uh i'm gonna get some i'm gonna hear about that man i'm gonna hear about that but gaming was in a bad way and then mario came along with the nes and it and it legitimately revitalized breathed new life revamped and in some ways restarted the home console gaming universe, the market, everything. Like if you, dude, if you made a movie and the villain in the movie's objective was to get rid of video games. Like if they were like, I hate video games, they're stupid and I want them gone. Sure, you could argue that they could go back and they had the ability to go back in time and like, you know, assassinate a video game as it were. Maybe you would argue that they would go back and get rid of Space Invaders or Pac-Man or, or Pong or whatever, Tetris, whatever. But Super yeah. Mario Brothers, this is... Like, for my money, if I was writing that script, this is the game that I would be sending them back to get rid of. Because yeah, this yeah. game was so friggin' important. And and yeah. and I mean, and it's in a, in a multitude of ways. You could argue this is the game that made Nintendo a household name. This is the yeah. game that made Mario a household name. This is the game that made home console gaming relevant again. It, it literally, and like, if you take, like, if you go down the family tree of video games, like, the trunk of that tree is Super Mario Brothers on the NES. It's that big of deal, uh, in my opinion, at least, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you know what? I, I think we've, we've established our thesis. You know, yes. Mario is one of the... So maybe we should talk about, like, your first experience with uh, Mario Brothers. And, like, I can talk about Mario sure. or whatever. I, well, like, how did, how did you come across this? Because... The thing is, you and I have talked about different games we can do. I've been wanting to do this one uh, for a long time. I've been harping on you, and you're like, "I'll never do it." <laughs> yeah, and it's funny. So, like, it, it's funny you say that because I was—that's where I wanted to go. Like, I have said many times that I would never cover this game on the podcast. And there's—and I'll be honest with you guys. There's three reasons that I. Okay, so the reason I didn't ever want to cover this game on the podcast is—and we're going to get into this—the uh, the. And maybe some people are going to think this sounds a little bit stupid, but like the emotional attachment I have to this video game is unlike the the connection I have with any other piece of media ever. Movies, books, music, anything. Like this game is so important to me. The person I am today, my love of games, this podcast, none of that would exist without this game. And so the reasons I was I was hesitant to cover it were primarily because I didn't know if we could do it justice. I, I was like, I don't know. And I mean that. I was like, I just love this game 
so much. And and the reason I rescinded and decided to cover it was one, we needed a big title for episode 150. And I'll tell you right now, David, like we weren't covering Super Mario Brothers on like episode 126. Do you know what I mean? Like this was a <laughs> milestone number. So that's yeah. that's number one. Number two, frankly, I'm sick of people asking why we haven't covered the game that our logo is based on, which is a fair, <laughs> yeah. which is a fair question. That's and, a good critique, yeah. And yeah. number three is is uh, <laughs> honestly, you wouldn't leave me the fuck alone about it. Every, <laughs> every time we talked about what games we were going to cover, you brought up Super Mario Brothers. And I finally was like, you know what? It's a milestone episode. I'm comfortable enough behind this mic now that I feel we can give this game its due. And the, the passion you have for this game seems almost equal to mine. And so I was like, you know what? If everyone, if anyone's going to come on the show and talk about this game, it's going to be David because he brings this game up so much. You clearly love this game as much as I do. We're about the yeah. same age. Obviously, this game was was a huge influence on us as, ch- as children. So to, to answer, now that I've done all that, now now we'll get into the game. Sorry, everybody. This well, is this is a big deal I, I, to me. This game. I, and my, my, you know what my resume, my plan was when I brought up Duck Hunt. I'm like, look, if I can prove it with Duck Hunt, the game that was uh, bundled with Super Mario <laughs> Brothers, and I could sell Duck Hunt, then I'm like, they, I, I clinched it. You know what you I mean? Did. Yeah, so, and you're right, and you that did it worked. You're right, that is it. I was, I was skeptical of doing Duck Hunt, and I actually was really happy with how that episode turned out. It was like, all right, it's time. Let's do Mario. It's time. I felt, <laughs> dude, when I, when I messaged you to say, let's talk Mario, I felt like, maybe this is stupid, but I felt like that big league manager calling that, that guy up from the minors and just being like, David, grab your gear. Come on up, buddy. It's time. And it was just like, this is it. This is it's the World Series. This is the game. So, so to answer your question, and I would like to get your experiences with it as well, but just quickly, I, I honestly don't remember my first experience with this game. Because, like, I was born in 1983. This game came out in North America in 1985. So I would have been two years old. But my earliest, I have two memories. And, like, everyone listening probably has just those odd little sprinkled momentary memories from, like, when they're really, really young. And I swear, Mm -hmm. two of my absolute earliest memories are, I remember playing Pac-Man somewhere on an arcade game. And, like, not doing, like, I, I, I just, I remember, like, just loving it, even though I'm sure I was horrible. And then uh, I have vivid memories of playing this game as a child with my mom. And like, like vivid, like, cause my little brother wasn't even born until after this game came out. So this was like one of the only games I actually just, I'd sit down and play it with my mom and, mm-hmm. and I, and I'll like vivid memories. And I, and it's so funny. Cause like, I could tell you two thirds of the levels in this game. I could probably draw them on a sheet of paper and <laughs> I could get to level four, one as a kid. And that's when Lakitu shows up and starts throwing those yep. the little spiky guys at you. And yep. I would never get past that level. I could never get past four one as a little kid, but like you, 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 you have a fear of like a two when he shows up. I do like, to oh, this oh, day. No. Like now I know, like I, I beat this game multiple times a year now. Like I love this game, but it's so funny. Cause I get to world four one and that little bastard comes flying in and does his little kind of half-ass stop and then starts slowly drifting above you. And I just, it, I, it's like, I get hives. I'm just like, there he is that little fucker. Cause he killed me so much <laughs> as a kid, but like yeah. forget duck hunts, forget. I have other memories of playing like duck hunt. I remember playing Dr. Mario with my mom. Uh, there's lots of mm-hmm. other games, but nothing that I remember playing as much as this one. I don't remember when we got our NES. 
I maybe my mom and dad bought it for themselves and then I started playing it. I don't know if they would have bought it for me or not, but I I swear to God, like I can I can picture myself sitting in our first house on the old like we had this old fucking purple carpet that was just hideous looking. And I would sit on that fucking carpet and just play Mario Brothers just over and over. And as soon as I died, go again and go again <laughs> and read the instruction manual over and over and over. And I would I would try to draw all the characters and I just phenomenon dude like it's like every time i look at the screen i see that like i'm looking at a picture of the screen on my computer right now and i just see that blue sky with the brown bricks and those green bushes behind it and it it just it just makes me happy it just fills me with nostalgia it's just it literally is just burned into my brain you know um what about you go ahead tell talk mario so and and I think you're really speaking to why people love this podcast in particular, because I think when it, you think back on video games as being something uh, formational in in your uh, in your upbringing, I, I for me Mario Brothers was that for me too. Like the thing was Mario Brothers was not the first video game I ever played. I did go over to a friend's place and I played Pong briefly. Okay, uh, and on and like. The thing was the concept that you can take a controller and move a thing and do something that blew my mind. Like, this is cool. Uh, If you've ever seen Pong, you would be like, this is stupid. This is like so low grade. But for me at at that age, like five, because I'm I'm the same age as you. I was also born in 83. And like that, that was uh, that revolutionized my world. I'm like, that's cool. I then went later on to somebody else's house uh, to like a, like a cousins or whatever. And they had a Nintendo, they were playing Mario brothers. And as soon as they turned it on, that was like, it was like another thing. They, it jumped from paddles, like this black and white screen with a very simplistic thing to here we are in full color. You can control left and right. You have a guy, you have monsters, you have multiple levels. All of that came rushing in. The concept of video games and what they could be and what they are was in that moment. And I that that would then lead to I must have talked about it all the time. You know what I mean? Yes. That experience, that moment. Yeah. Because um I remember we'd go to Canadian Tire and I'd go right to the video game section and I'd like look longingly at the games and I would be always telling my parents, like, it's it's only a hundred and Forty dollars. <laughs> yeah. I have, z- I have zero concept of money at the time, yeah. and we, and we were not like a rich family or anything like that. But I was just like, oh, you know, trying to always convince my parents, and you know, like, I, time and time again, we'd go, and I would, okay, we're not getting it this time. Like, there, I don't know why I would think I would get this particular trip or anything, but I remember. That uh, that one time I was there in Canadian Tire, and uh, my 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 parents were like uh, calling me. I was like there looking at the video games, just seeing what it was. And then I turned around and I started coming. The thing was, I didn't notice that my parents were telling me like, "No, stay there, stay, don't come here." And I was interpreting as like, "Come." And I was yeah. like, "Okay." <laughs> and, and I I am coming towards them, and then I look over at my dad uh, there with the cashier, and I see the Nintendo on the conveyor belt or whatever, oh. and uh, and just like I stopped dead. It was like the most like excited I've ever been. We took it home that night. 
you know, it was like already at like seven thirty at night. That's like late for a kid like me. Yeah. Uh, that at that age, but we put it in, and I remember on that very first night playing it. This is like my first time I had my hands on it because when I visited, I didn't play; I watched. Right. So I got my hands on it, and that night I got to three one uh, by myself, just like because I played it so much immediately until I was like dog tired. I'm like, I guess I gotta go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, just grind. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, yeah. I that level of excitement and wonder and all of that like was so huge. Yeah. And yeah, it, that, that's why, that's why, yeah, we can talk about, there are obviously better games. There's even games that I have memories uh, like, like you were saying, but like that one, it was like magic was introduced yeah, me it is that it's day. Just, you it's, know, it's like the first time you do heroin. It's it's the most. No, I'm just kidding. I uh, the first time I did heroin, I got. Oh, sick. I mean, like, look, I'm like, still chasing that dragon. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. I got sick as a dog the first time. I no, uh, but no, dude. <laughs> it, it, it was it like, and you know what's awesome is that I I I know not everybody listening to this feels this way, but I also mm-hmm. know there are a ton of people right now listening to this in their cars or at work or whatever it is you're doing, and you're like, dude, I I feel the same way. Like, I remember playing. Super Mario Brothers for the first time. Like, I honestly wonder if kids today have a game like this because there's so many games now. You can get your hands on anything. You buy an Xbox, you get Game Pass, you have 400 games right away. You get a PlayStation and you could go and on the PSN, there's dozens of games. There's free games. You could get Fortnite, you could get Rocket League, you could get Apex Legends. It's There's so many games now, whereas back then with the NES, this was the game like this was the game that every kid had because this was the one that came with your NES. That's not even something yeah. that happens anymore with pack-in no. games, but back then it was. And so, and I, and I say that, like, I'm not, look, I know there's a lot of people, including myself sometimes that are like, oh, kids today don't know what it was like back in the glory days of game. And I sometimes feel like that as well, you know, without updates and without online and without all broken games and all that garbage. But I will say that like, this was your first hit. Like this was your first game that a lot of people got. And so I, I do wonder if there's an equivalent today. I'm sure there was with like, you know, Sonic with the Genesis or Sonic 2 Perhaps. or whatever was packaged with it. And maybe Super Mario World for some younger kid or some older young kids that, you know, like people older than us, but still retro gamers that maybe the Super Nintendo was their first system and that was the game that came with it. But for so many people, dude, the NES was their first system and this was the game that came with it. And forget the fact that, like, we'll get into the actual game itself. Like, forget the fact that the game is still fun to play today and was mm-hmm. a blast to play. It was just, like, this game could have been just awful. And I yeah. still think people would have this attachment to it because for so many people, it just was your first video game. You know what I mean? I I, I think that's fair. And, and I think to add to what you're saying, like, is there a game like that for, uh, you know, kids growing up today? There's a fundamental difference. Because when I grew up, I, I'm, I'm sure it's probably similar to you. Like, I didn't have a computer in my house. You know what I mean? Yeah. We didn't, like, I never... I rarely interacted with the computer. That's why I was impressed by Pong. Like the idea that there's a machine that you can interact with. Like that was impressive to me. Right. And, and, and I feel that there was probably a lot of kids like that. So like when you finally, like, it's not like you're like, as you're growing up from an infant that there's like, you know, it's not like my parents had a phone in their hands and they're playing games and I get, introduced to the concept formationally right right i got introduced to it 
after I had at least some development, I understood a little bit of how the world worked in a very minor way. And then just like a power punch of uh, awesome technology. Yeah. Uh, Dude, uh, you're right. Uh, like, I never thought about that, David. But yeah, like, I'm not, and I'm not shitting on parents today, but kids no, today are literally no, no, no. raised with an iPhone in their hand. Or an iPad or a whatever, like it's just that. Even if you, even if it's not in their hand, it's like at least around, yeah. right? You see it; it's everywhere. And it was not like that. Like even seeing TVs in different places was just like, kind like that was uh, maybe commonplace. But uh, other than that, not too many big technological pieces. At least uh, electronics, anyways. Yeah. dude, I remember um, going to somebody's house and they had more than one TV. And you were like, mm. wow, you guys are rich. Like, you had a TV <laughs> in the bedroom? Like, it was like, we had the living room TV, yeah. and that was the TV. And that was the only TV in the house. Like, you it just seemed sh- insane. It, and it'd be like, turn off the TV. Uh, get 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 out of here. We're watching Cheers. We're going to yeah. see what's happening with... Oh, <laughs> dude, my dad would want to watch the news, and I'd be like, you don't understand. Like, I'm in World 3, and he's like, I don't care. I want to watch the news. Turn it off. And, it, and you had to turn it off, because it was his house, and it was the only TV. And you were but just there's no like, save uh, states. No, there were no there, saves. Kids don't no, understand. I'm turning into no that old save, guy. There's no save states, Mark. Mark, you cheat. <laughs> he probably never beat this game either, fucking guy. Um, no, no. I Here, I have evidence when Super Mario Brothers 35, which, of course, if you don't know, especially if somebody's listening to this in the future, uh, Super Mario Brothers 35 was what they released for like a small period of time where it was like a massively a massive multiplayer online version of that Super Mario Brothers where you'd be competing against 34 other people playing the original game you'd send enemies over and and Mark yeah could not barely do it uh, at all <laughs> like get through the first uh, level well, uh, that's because there's no save states in mario 35 he couldn't stop no, no. every time something killed him and start over <laughs> that fucking that first goomba he's a bitch man he'll get you that first goomba, dude <laughs> how many people do you think that goomba has killed i would love it'd be impossible to know but like you know when you drive by mcdonald's and they have the sign like over 99 billion burgers served or whatever like yeah. god i wish there was a sign outside of it it would be such a funny joke if outside of Nintendo, they put up a sign with that Goomba, like a Goomba on top, and it just said yeah. over 99 billion Mario's killed or something. That very first, like, see, that might be the most iconic enemy in all of gaming, is that very first Goomba. It's Goomba. That comes walking yeah, yeah. in. Because so many people died to that. Well, I'm, this actually reminds me of, like, the thing in my imagination of, like, when you get to heaven, you're, you're uh, maybe, there's, like, oh, you get the special access to any stat that would be out there you know what i mean like yeah. stuff that would be impossible for humans to calculate and if you flipped over to a uh, character that killed most uh, players over the uh history you might be right it might be the first goomba in one one might be the, the the ultimate killer yeah I man suppose. like between between people that like you know you give you you, you play it with your grandma and you hand your grandma mm-hmm. the controller and she doesn't know how to play and she walks into that Goomba. Like between people that did that or I know I've done this many a time, 
people that have turned the game on and then just not been paying attention. Like, you know, maybe you're looking at your phone or something. And then you just yeah. hear that stupid, like, and you look up and that little yeah. bastard has got you and you just sit and set. Because you're like, I'm not burning a life on the first Goomba. Like, I'll just start over. But, like, yeah. I would love to know how many guys he's killed. I love him. And you know what? And to me, he's the MVP. He's the MVP. Yes. He's MVP. Yes. Yeah. I love him. And I, I like, and I love this entire game. But, like, that, that first, like, and I think that's a great way to kind of get into this. Like, the, the, like, Dude, we could spend this entire podcast just talking about the iconic enemies, the iconic power-ups, like that kind of stuff that's introduced in the game. Because, like, not again, this isn't a history lesson, but like, and I'm not even, we're not even going to get into details of it. We'll maybe talk about it on another episode. Mario and Luigi were in another game before. Like, Mario's been in a few games before this, right? Like, he was yeah. in Donkey Kong. There was the original Mario Brothers, that arcade game where they'd come out of the pipe. Like, we're not, we're talking yeah, Super yeah, Mario yeah. Brothers. It- so, like, We'll talk yeah, about that. Mario time. Mario Brothers is separate from Super Mario. Yeah, Brothers. exactly. Although that yeah. game's good too. I like that game a lot. Yeah, um, it, yeah. It's just very different and not <laughs> very different. Um, yeah. But you play this, and it's like uh, that first Goomba is so iconic, right? But then yeah. the first Koopa Troopa you see—it's so funny. Is there? Is there? Because there's not a ton of enemies in this game. Like there's the there's the Goombas. There's Koopa Troopas. There's, and then the yep. paratroopas, whatever. Like it's all the variants of Koopa Troopa. There's the Piranha yep. Plant. There's yep. Bullet Bill. There's mm-hmm. the Hammer Brothers. Lakitu. 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 Bastard. I hate him so much. Um, and the Spinies. The Spinies. Spinies. There's Cheap Cheeps and Bloopers. Yeah. And then there's Bowser. And then Fireballs. And I think that's all the bad guys. The, the, and the two variations of Bowser. Right. Right. But yeah. if I'm not mistaken, like that's it. Like that's all of the I enemies. I think that might be it. And is there? Yeah. There's literally, dude. I, oh, I mean, uh, yeah, be- the Beatles. Right, Buzzy Beatles. Thank you. Oh, dude, Buzzy I would have heard about that if I had yeah. forgotten them. I would have heard about that. I'm um, here. Thank you. They, they, but they they don't show up until a little later in the game. Yeah, you know what I mean? You, yeah. You don't think about them as much. But and like, Lakitu's are going to mess you up more than a Buzzy Beetle would. Not, like 90% of these characters, these enemies, ha- are just staples in the franchise. You know mm-hmm. what I like? And that's that's another thing that I just adore about this game is like these are all, or not all of them, but 90% of these enemies are enemies they came up with during the designing of this game. And this game was just so treasured and so beloved that like all these characters just stuck. And they're all yeah. just regulars in the franchise now, right? And like, yeah. I, I fucking dude, like, who doesn't know who a piranha plant is, or what a yeah. pra- or a goomba or a koopa troopa or or whatever? And it, I just think that's the coolest thing that, like, in the first game in your in the in the mainline franchise, you just invented all these characters, and they were like, we're just gonna keep all of them because they're all so awesome, and they are all there's uh, outside of fucking Blackatoo killing me a lot as a kid. Uh, and Hammer Brothers are cheap pieces of garbage in this game. But, like, there's not a bad enemy in the game. There's not one yeah. bad design, in my opinion. Yeah, like, I... I it, yeah, I feel... They, they give a different challenge. Because here's the thing. I, I, I wanna be, I've seen stuff on it where, like, why Mario Brothers is a brilliantly designed game. Actually, this is going to uh, relate to a bigger point. Um, because... This game is different than every other game before it because it was designed for a home console. A lot of other games up until this point were done in an arcade where you just pump in quarters. And that was how capitalism came in there. Yeah. Just like, yeah, I'm going to make you pump as many quarters in here. Uh, and made it, and they did that by increasing the d- difficulty and made it really hard all the time. Yeah. Like if, 
that if you play Donkey Kong, you're gonna die a way more often than you will in Mario Brothers. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, those like games if, were designed if, 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 to kill you. Yeah, like, if yeah. you play those two games without playing them before, if you sat down with them today, you hadn't played either. Uh, Donkey Kong is going to kill you because it's it, it's it was designed as an arcade game. Yeah, and um, uh, Super Mario Brothers. Miyamoto comes in here and he like instead designs a game that teaches you and takes you by the hand and makes and it's not punching you with difficulty right away. Um, well, it, that's kind of just to me. That's the genius of that very first Goomba. Like and it, and like and I know yeah. Nintendo's not the only company, the only developer that does this, but like I'm sure that as we keep talking about this, there's gonna be because like the amount of influences that this game and its design had on future games is almost immeasurable. There's so many, but one of the things that this game does, and that that has just become so commonplace in video games, is it, it there's there's that gradual difficulty increase, and they really teach yeah. you how to use every every tool that you have at your disposal, and that first Goomba to me is a genius it's such a smart placement of a first enemy because they're like you're you only have two buttons to use and yeah. you're gonna very quickly learn that one of them makes you jump because if you yeah. don't jump this guy there's no way to get past this guy without jumping over him and this is coming from an era where a lot of enemies you would kind of dodge them or you could maybe like punch them in an arcade or something and this taught you like you have to you gotta i know you can jump on him but you learned to, to jump to deal with him and yeah. that's that's not only the like literally jumping at its core is the is the skeleton of this game like that is the premise of yeah. what platforming is is jumping and they taught you that with the very because there's literally I mean, it's impossible to get pie in without jumping it's impossible and I well, love I mean that. that's why that's why Mario's first name was called Jumpman yeah. in earlier iterations and, and, and here to add to that like because the thing is you see that first Goomba the you see the Goomba coming. You see what it's designed at, and you're like, "Oh, that thing's that's that that's going to mess me up if I touch that." You just know that because it's simply designed very. It communicates a lot. Well, I know I can jump. Well, you as you're coming to it, wh where they put those first few blocks where you're likely to encounter and, and get close to it, you are jumping, and you might incidentally hit blocks, like to give you your super mar uh, super uh, mushroom, mushroom yeah. like right off. Uh, and so like it, it's there holding your hand to teach you all of these things really quickly. Yeah. And then you go from there. Like it's, and even and that, then, and that is a slow scale up, even you know, that mushroom, the like that's so smart yep. that they, they introduce the first power up right away and you get mm -hmm. this mushroom and then you like, you're like, Oh my God, like I'm twice as big as I was now before. And then they have those bricks around that first mushroom that you can just jump into and break. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, now I'm strong enough to break the bricks. Like it, and I understand mm -hmm. that, like today, this seems so fundamental, but this was all so new to us back then. And yeah. I just think that I, dude, I don't think enough credit can be given. Like, forget the rest of the game because the rest of the game is awesome. But like that first segment with that first Goomba and that first mushroom and those few bricks is yeah. just so cleverly done. Because it just yeah. teaches you all these basic mechanics. There's the pipes. And then the first couple of pipes, you can just jump on them or jump over them and you're fine. Then there's then you real then you see a, a pipe where the piranha plant coming out and you're like, oh, so some of these pipes are full of enemies. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. then 
And that's not, and then you realize like, oh, I can go down the pipe if I, but only some pipes. And then it's yeah. just, and then they just, then they give you a fire flower a little bit later. Then they give you a star a little bit later. And then they start introducing holes you have to jump over. And the way they just, it, by the end of that level, they've basically introduced everything in the game. Um, well, and but gradually. Even, even the idea of like this placement of the invisible uh, uh, one up in that yeah. first level. Yeah. Cause you, the way it's placed is like there's a good chance you might incidentally uh, hit it uh, because you know you're getting used to the game. There's a there's a bottomless pit after this invisible block, and if you're not very good at the game uh, or you're just learning it, you might be hitting the jump button too early. Yeah, and uh, because of that, you're going to hit the invisible block potentially, and you yeah. discover oh hey there might be invisible blocks that have stuff in them yeah and that was really cool too like because that invisible block is right after a pipe that you can go down so you play mm -hmm. these games a few times and now you realize like holy cow how many secrets are in this game like there's hidden blocks all over the place there's pipes yeah. that i can go down that are full of coins that are like secret like it and it and it, it can't like it's just it's incredible just how much stuff in that first level alone like i'm a little surprised frankly that they didn't introduce a vine in the very first level that you could climb up but that might have almost been too much in the very, you know, in the first level, which is almost like that tutorial level of the game, right? Yeah. So, but I, I, I yeah, like I, I actually have read studies about that first level and just how incredibly well designed it is to teach a player. And that's just, that became, that's one of the many things that became a blueprint for a game is that opening tutorial level that just kind of teaches you how to do everything. Um, right. And then what I love, dude, and I remember thinking this was so cool even as a kid is the way you finish the first level and then you get that tiny little cutscene where he comes out of the castle and goes into the pipe and then level two, you're underground. And it yeah. was like, holy cow, this is different. Like, this is a whole different level. And then you come back above ground for world three or for, part of me, for level three and then you're jumping on all these platforms because you're kind of up in the air and it's like, wow. Like, and then you're in a castle and it's just the way that they're constantly changing everything around and it's not just the same level over and over again. Uh, that's something that I really like. I remember, dude, and I'm sure you're like this. I'm sure a ton of listeners are like this. Do you remember the first time you got further than you'd ever gotten before? And you were yeah, just yeah. like, what's the next level going to be? Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh yeah, my yeah. God, this one's swimming. This is a, we're in winter now in this level. It's nighttime yeah. in world three. That was so cool, yeah. man. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But, Love uh, it. It, the fact that you called it cutscenes is really interesting. Cause I think you're right. Cause it, any other game before that, they wouldn't take the time to like introduce or like kind of outro the previous level or whatever. It would be like, oh, here's the next level, new uh, new enemies. Here you go, just go. But the idea that you would actually see him go from one level to the other, or you finish your castle and you know the the first level of the next world you're standing outside the castle again oh, or whatever. I always you know? thought that was so cool that like at the end of level three, you go into that giant castle. And then yeah. after you beat that giant castle, the beginning of level one of the next world, uh, it's, it's your, you're outside of that giant castle, dude. I always mm -hmm. thought that was like, I used to draw that castle when I was a kid. I always <laughs> thought that was like such a cool, and those are just those, those, those little nuances that they didn't have to yeah. do. But they just added a little bit of extra to it that I always thought was just the coolest fucking thing, man. Um, well, and, and, and the fact that they did all of this with like little resources. I'm not talking about like money. I'm talking about like space on the cartridge. Yeah. Where like they they save space 
so they can have as many levels as possible and uh by like yeah not having a wide range of enemies but also like doubling up the sprites for clouds is the exact same one as the bushes yes. they just color it white or green depending yeah. on what you need yeah um to save on space on the disc same you know, as like, like the water the this top is the of the water was the same as the top of the fire like it yeah. was just blue uh, and red. Uh, the, yeah of that the, kind of, of the lava yeah 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 yeah. Lava, yeah yeah um yeah and, and this is like so you gotta imagine they have all of these parameters that they're working in and th- the game that they produce is super mario brothers you know like yeah. that's wild and then like and it's not like it's not just the enemies and stuff although like obviously i love that i love the idea that they introduced the tutorial levels and the and the progression stages and and like you had mentioned earlier dude so many level or so many games before this were were stationary screens like donkey kong like yeah. like the original yeah. mario brothers like pac-man like popeye or whatever like insert arcade game here where it was a burger time where they were just these like these static images and then this one like the levels actually scrolled to the right as you played and obviously yeah. like I, I always hated that you couldn't go back as a kid you know, yeah. and I understand that, like, you know, in every next, you know, in, in most of future games you could and all that stuff. But, like, I always hated that you couldn't go backwards because if your mushroom accidentally went off the back of the, the screen, you couldn't get it or your star or whatever. Um, yeah. But just the, the the idea that you you actually, you, you felt like you were making actual progression instead of just yeah. standing still and, like, just going for a high score. It felt like you were on this, like, giant quest to beat a game. Um, oh, oh, oh. Uh, finish your thought and i have an idea or no question. no go ahead but, I, I was i was done uh so here's a question for you i i feel like i when i was young and i was playing with uh kids there were certain kids i would play with and i would see how they would play and it would drive me up the wall to see how they played it uh, because th- here's the one problem this is maybe my ma- major critique and i'm glad they changed it in future games but uh, say if you're playing two player uh, and you're, you know, you're relegated to Luigi or whatever. And uh, if the person doesn't die, they can keep going through levels and until they finally die. Yeah. So they're just like whipping through like 15 levels and they, they happen to die. Then you finally get to start back at one one. Yes. That's 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 an aside. But when I'd be there with a friend and they would be uh, playing there'd be some of these guys that have like the, these like little neuroses where it's just like, I'm going to collect every coin uh. along the, I'm going to slow down and make sure I collect them. Oh, this is a 10 coin hidden block thing that you just, I'm going to keep doing. I'm like, and they do it slow <sighs> and terrible. Like they, they don't have the rhythm down to like, just hit it. Ging, 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 yeah. Ging. So they get like three There's coins rhythm. out of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, like, you, you are awful at this. Did you, a, did you B, grow up? This is slow. Did you grow up playing Mario with my girlfriend? Because, <laughs> because that's what she does. And it makes me so angry. I'm just like, we have 50 lives. We don't need the coins. She's like, I gotta get all the coins. And I'm like, no, you don't need the coins. I'll give you $5 in real life. If you leave those <laughs> coins behind, because we don't need any more. That drove me insane. And you know what else is awful? 
people that don't hold run while they play Mario. How do you not hold I, run? I know! It, like, my eyes are popping out of my head right now. And everyone listening to this, you know somebody that doesn't hold run because they're like, well, then it gets going too fast. The game is designed for you to hold run. You can't make the jumps if you don't hold run. And, and, and I will say, actually, this game especially... The jumping is very like physics based. If you're not moving when you jump, you get like no forward momentum at all. You like, need momentum to so why don't you have momentum all the time? Hold the button, the controller, the NES controller, maybe more than any controller in the history of humanity was so perfectly designed to constantly hold one button down and then you just <laughs> hold it with the base of your thumb or the tip of your thumb, and then you just yeah. lower the the middle of your thumb down onto jump when you need to jump. Like yeah, I can, yeah. I'm picturing it in my, I'm doing it with my fingers right now. And it just, yeah. it, it makes me see red when I, when I, when I play Mario with somebody and they don't hold run most of the time. And I'm just like, what are you, what's, whoa, what's wrong with you? Get some help. See a psychiatrist there's, or something. It drives me insane. Oh. There's no scenic route in Super Mario Brothers. You know what I mean? Like you don't get rewarded. There's no point. It's. Go and go. make sure. And let me just be clear, clear here. We're not, we're not criticizing Mario. We're criticizing people that play Mario. Like the game does nothing mm. wrong. It, it, it's you're expected to know this, but God, I, oh, David, ah. Uh, now, now this is <laughs> makes this me is anxious. Another uh, this is another thing that I don't think happens anymore. I like. I feel like if you're a kid growing up now, um, uh, or even a even 10 years after us that you may not have this experience anymore. But the idea of, of when, uh, you know, you're playing with, uh, your mom, my mom was the worst person for this in my experience, uh, in, in my particular, uh, scenario where I would convince her to play and she'd sit down. Not only would she not run, that was, that was bad enough. Oh. Uh, that was bad enough. The other thing was like, the fact that even these adults, these fully formed adults are now learning like essentially a new language, a physical based language, yes. and not, not a verbal, but like I have to use my digits in a new way, you know? Yes. And, and so they're playing, they're moving and uh, it's like, okay, time to jump that Goomba. Uh, they're not just hitting the button jump. Their whole body, like their whole yeah. upper body jumps. Yes. Like, like they, they don't leave their seat, but their whole like trunk and arms and head bounce up as they hit the jump button as if it's going <laughs> to, which is why later on when the Wii finally comes out, yeah, it's yeah. like, this is what they were waiting for. In, they 20, waiting in 25 for years, that'll make sense. Yes. Yeah. Dude, I will say that like I don't do that with what I jump in Mario or they like they lift the controller like the, it's like they're using the controller's momentum like they swing it up as they jump to try to get them up. Yeah, I will say I, I occasionally to this day occasionally I have a tendency to lean like if I'm playing a yeah. racing game where I'll like I'll be, yeah. and I know it's not making a difference but I lean to like the left when I'm trying to make a hard left turn or something but dude yeah. yeah spot on I remember trying to play Mario with people like with like my uncles and stuff when I was a kid and yeah like the the entire body every jump and it's like you're not holding run you're not jumping at the right time and it's like I'm five years old I need you to cook for me clean for me pick my clothes out for me cut my nails make sure I brush my teeth I need you to take me to the, everywhere I have to go 
but this one thing I know how to do better than you. And it's so frustrating that you don't get how to do this because you don't have to jump. Just push that bright red button. Oh, Mm -hmm. dude. Spot on, man. I, (laughs) oh, that makes me happy. Cause I, I, yes, that hits home for me. You mentioned (laughs) the two player thing too. Yep. And, uh, I think every, so I don't even think, I think this go, it's funny because for this, as we're recording this, everybody, it's Friday, May 14th. And this Sunday's episode of expansion pass will be about the best gaming sidekicks of all time. And I've already Mm. seen a bunch of like a whole bunch of our patrons have said Luigi, who is Mm. probably, he's not my number one. Uh, I guess by the time uh, this comes out, you guys have already heard the episode. My number one is Rush from Mega Man. Because I love dogs, and I think he's like the best dog in the history of video games. <laughs> but having said that, like Luigi is kind of the quintessential sidekick. And yep. everyone listening to this, other maybe if you were an only kid, unless you were an only kid, everyone was either like, well, I'm the oldest, so I get to be Mario, which was me. Or I'm the youngest, so I have to be Luigi. Like, I yep. never played as Luigi as a child. That was Josh's. <laughs> that was my little brother's spot. Not me. Fuck right. that. I I came out three years earlier. I'm going to have a bad back before you. I'm going to have all these problems. I get to be Mario. And uh, I will say, David, like, it, it kind of... I never wanted to play as Luigi when my brother and I played because I was the first player. I, I wanted to go first. That's what it came down to is I just wanted to go first. But every time I actually saw Luigi on the screen, I thought he was so cool because he was different colors. I just thought that was yeah. the coolest thing that they made him a different color. Well, and, and this is where my perspective on it comes into play. Like I, I did have a brother, but my brother didn't really play games with me. So effectively, it was my console. I was the only player. And uh, as much as I like playing with Mario, what I think made Luigi interesting was the fact, yeah, he looked different. But I had ne- since I didn't have anybody else to play with, there was never an opportunity to play as Luigi. And I actually wanted it like did this psychological thing on me where it's just like, I want to be Luigi because I never, he, he's different. Yeah. He's got a different color scheme. So like, uh, and I, I think probably for me, I am, I am the younger brother. Uh, maybe there's some attachment there. Maybe I just like green more than red. I don't know. But even to this day, I still like Luigi more. He almost, than, it's than so funny because like, he's not a secret character by any stretch. He's just the second player character, but he almost yeah. felt like a secret character because you'd be played <laughs> by yourself. You never got to play as him. Like I, as a kid, sometimes I would play two player by myself just so yeah. that when I died, I could get some more practice and I could play as Luigi. And it yeah, was like, yeah. and dude, dude, I remember like anyone that grew up in this era, like you remember going to school and, and you would all like talk rumors and secrets about games. And there was always those stupid kids that would just make shit up, but you believed them because there was no internet or anything. And well, uh, like, I, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but everybody's uncle worked at Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. Every, every, every kid, every kid's uncle. Every kid, <laughs> that you had to be an uncle to work at Nintendo. You had to be an uncle yeah. of a kid. Um, <laughs> but we used to like i remember the popular rumor being that luigi was faster that was what everyone used to say it was like well if you play as luigi he goes faster and so as a kid like i would play it and kind of convince myself that he was going faster even though he's not he literally is yeah. the exact same he's just a sprite swap but it was yeah like it he seemed like the forbidden fruit and uh, dude and you mentioned that when you play two player you had to wait for first player to die uh, yeah 
That was the best because I would always be Mario and I could get to world four <laughs> without dying. No problem. Yeah, yeah. And so I yeah, would get there sure. and, and like, you know, so that would take me like, I don't know how long it would take me, like 10, 15 minutes, whatever. And I would get to like world four. And then when I did die, my brother would finally, I'd have to like yell to him and be like, it's your turn because he would like go do something else. And then he would come back. And sometimes I wouldn't yell to him. I would just like run him into the Goomba and then go back to playing as myself. Or, oh, or oh, no. sometimes if he was in the room, dude, I remember fights. If he was in the room, when when it, when I would die and it'd be his turn, I would like hit the controller and like make him die. And that way I could play again. And then we'd I'd get kicked off the Nintendo. And I never learned my lesson. Like I never learned to just like, he's not even very good. Just let him play. He'll probably make it to like level two. He'll die. And then you can play again. But I would hit the controller out of his hands and then he would die. And then he'd go crying to my mom. And then I'd get kicked off the Nintendo because I didn't have any patience. But that was just, it's yeah, so. Well, you, you, you know what it is, uh, Adam? It's because like crack, you were addicted to it. You couldn't even like go without it uh, for a few seconds. And the you, thing you, is, is you're right. Like I was you turned into a, a sociopath. And then <laughs> I was, uh, I was addicted to it. Like, yeah. and, and like it was, it was Mario was everywhere back then. I remember being so, I used to draw him. Then there was like the cartoons and then more games came out and it was, he was everywhere. And I was totally addicted. And actually that's a great, so just because I, I don't want to forget to bring this up. If I guess and listen, I'm I'm gonna spoil everything for you guys. Like this game's getting at least a ten out of ten. Like this is gonna be the one of the only games that we're gonna break the rules on. Like it's a perfect game. But if there is a criticism <laughs> of this game, and and the thing is, is it's like I feel like this game is incredibly hard to criticize because there was nothing before it to to like they kind of drew the roadmap. Like yeah. they made out the blueprint, right? But like if there is a criticism, it's like how could we? Why is it not? you play until you either beat a level or die. Then the other player plays. till they beat a level or die. Then you play till you beat it. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I suppose if you want to criticize something, that would be it. That, but, but they, and they, and they did fix that like right afterwards, yes, right? Like the, 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 it was only for that first game because once again, they didn't have that experience, right? Like game testing was probably minimal. Yeah. Like they didn't have the real life thing of like, Oh yeah. Right. And you we, know what? We didn't program it. In. And yeah. that's a great point, dude, because you're right. Game testing probably was very minimal back then. And this, I'm not going to say that this game runs absolutely flawlessly, but I defy you to say, other than when you're intentionally looking for a glitch or something, how often did you run into like a game breaking glitch? Like they thought right. of everything. Very, you could go yeah. up on the ceiling and run across the ceiling behind the timer. And they were like, oh, by the way, you found this thing. Don't worry. We didn't miss it. We actually put a warp zone up here. You know, like yeah, they, they thought right. of every, like, so uh, to me, like, and like, I'm not done. I'm not done. I love this game. This is gonna be a long episode, but to me, yeah. this is the like, this is one of the many, many, many amazing things about this. The idea of platforming, the power-ups, the level scrollings, the story, the cutscenes, the fact that there's not, it's not a broken game full of glitches and problems and stuff and bugs. And they did all that without having a significant blueprint behind them. Like they laid out the plans for mm-hmm. you know and i'm not trying to throw shade because we got an argument on discord the other night about sonic versus mario and i'm not throwing shade at it but like it's sonic is obviously was inspired by this right like so many games were inspired by the yeah. basic design that shigeru miyamoto and powers that be at nintendo came up with for this game and to me that's maybe just as much as the fact that this game saved home consoles that's where this game gets its legacy that it deserves like that spot it deserves on the top of the mountain they it's so hard to be the first one to do something do you know what i mean and they kind of did that 
Yeah, and, they, they 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 laid out. This is, I, I think, it's almost fair to say that Super Mario Brothers is the vanilla platforming game. Yeah, and and that's not like a, a like a disparaging remark on it. It's like this is literally the first one that goes into that like uh, scrolling kind of thing. I guess you could say that to a certain degree. Donkey Kong could also be considered a platformer, but yeah. not in the same way. No. Uh, it, this one, like, yeah, it's about multiple jumps, multiple tricky jumps, especially I'm thinking specifically of, uh, what is it? 8-2, is it? Or 8-1, where there was that thing, the jump was, and I'm sure you know which one I'm I talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. Go ahead. I, I forget which one of the, which level it is. You start, you have to, the way you do this jump, there is no other way. It's one way of doing it. You have to go uh, from this pipe. There is a one uh, block gap. Then it's like a one block uh, land, one block gap, another one block land. Yeah. And then you have to do one of the longest jump. It is the longest jump in the game. I'm pretty sure uh, uh, across this thing. So you have to time it so that when you hit the jump button, it is as you uh, uh, go onto that second piece of land. And if you do it a moment before, you, like it doesn't recognize it because Mario is running in that space in between. If you go too late, obviously you go down uh, and, and you have to do it at full speed. You have to hold that B button. Yeah. It teaches <laughs> you. It, it teaches. They're like, yo, you've, you've had seven worlds to figure out that you need to be running while you play this. <laughs> and then, yeah, it hits this point where it's brick space, brick space, and you have to run across the gaps and you won't. And you're so scared that you're good. I do to this moment when I play that part, I'm like, oh, fuck. And it's like, and I know I'm not going to fall as long as I'm running, but I feel like I'm going to as I run across these gaps and you got to hit jump at the right moment. I know exactly what you're talking about. Exactly what uh, I'm talking about. I, I want to mention this because I'm thinking about it and I don't want it to get lost in the whole mix. But like when you're talking about the the, the, the legend, the myth, uh, I guess it's just a lie. Uh, yes, it was. Lies. Just a regular lie uh, of the idea that Luigi uh, runs faster than Mario. What was interesting is especially when they made uh, Mario Lost Levels, uh, which is the true sequel to the, the first game. They actually made a difference between Mario and yeah. Luigi. They made yeah, him jump like, higher and funkier. Yeah. 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 And he had like less um, slowing capability. So like it was really tricky to kind of operate Luigi. And, but if you could master him, he'd be really good. Yeah. Um, I, I always found him harder Mario. to use in that game. Like I can never beat that game with him. I can beat mm -hmm. lost levels, but I can't do it with Luigi. I struggle with him in that game. Well, especially that last level event. But that's a different uh, game. But, but like, uh, I, I wanted to address that, that like, that what, maybe that's how the myth, I, I don't know how that myth would get to no, North America. I think kids, I think kids are just fucking idiots. That's the fucking problem. I made up gaming rumors. I have no doubt I made up some gaming rumors as a kid. I remember, sorry guys, we'll get back to Super Mario Brothers, but I remember somebody um, telling me about this top secret area in Super Mario World near the beginning mm -hmm. of the game where you can always get capes and, and flowers and Yoshi's. And I did not believe them forever. And then I finally oh, they, did yeah. it and I was like, well, son of a bitch. Because the, the playground had <laughs> fucked me so many times with their goddamn lies. And I thought that was a mm -hmm. lie and it turned out it wasn't. Um, yeah. 
Look, we've all been there. You're on your computer, you're plugging away at a project or a video or a podcast, and then somehow you lose your work. The computer crashes, you drop your phone on the delete key, your hard drive isn't terraformed or whatever it is. Lightning strikes the transmitter, doesn't matter. Bottom line, your work is gone and it's devastating which is why you need backup, literally, in the form of CrashPlan. They're offering a free trial of their computer backup services and some special deals, all for the hot dogs at CrashPlan.com RTG. CrashPlan is the ultimate computer backup service. Whether you're just a solo internet renegade like myself, or you run a business with a bunch of people all click-clacking away, CrashPlan hangs out in the background while you work, and every 15 minutes, they encrypt and backup all the files on your computer that have changed in that time. So if if your computer decides to jerk you around and they do and you lose your work a backup is waiting for you and it's not a backup from yesterday it's a backup from the last 15 minutes come on now that's that's pretty sweet and not only are they saving the most recent versions of your work they can back up unlimited versions of your work so it's like a rewind button realize you screwed something up an hour ago just rewind an hour go find an old version of it and you're just like that you're done you're back to the races it's awesome time is money don't waste your day redoing your work in a rage-filled stupor if something goes wrong. Check out Crash Plan, invest in a safety net, and save yourself a ton of time and stress when your computer decides not to play nice. Seems like a no-brainer to me. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG to sign up for a free trial and take advantage of one of their limited-time buy-one-get-one offers for Remember the Game listeners. That's CrashPlan.com RTG. Back up better with Crash Plan. So, oh, dude, another thing that Mario did, and we're talking about, like, you know, the influence it's had on so many games, and I guess, for better or worse, this is something that it brought to games, is that it, for whatever reason, the Shigeru Miyamoto was like, I think games that are platformers, that are primarily designed about around running and jumping, should have levels where you have to swim. And... <laughs> And part of me never wants to forgive him for that because I've been quite vocal in my disdain for about 80% of swimming levels in video games. But I will say that even to this day, the swimming levels in Super Mario Brothers are some of the better swimming levels in all of video games that, that, that aren't designed around swimming. Like, they're not that bad. You can't drown. You don't have to worry about getting stupid bubbles. It actually controls... I mean, it controls funky, but it can it, it controls okay like it I, makes it makes sense you know you know what it is that's like miyamoto's just like okay we got water is an element that he could be interacting with we gotta do it and then like babe ruth taking the baseball bat pointed to the point of the field and just knocking a home run out that's what he did with the water levels because i agree with you water levels have never been done as well uh, as that first game no like i i really enjoy the water levels in this game and i usually like dude I, we've talked about this guys i can like sonic the water levels fucking suck uh rain you know the water levels kind of suck uncharted and tomb raider games i adore water swimming levels kind of fucking suck conquers bad fur day and and banjo kazooie the water levels are almost unplayable like it's so uh, many so many swimming levels are awful and this what about uh, what what about uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Uh, well, see, I don't hate that because I could beat that one, so I'm okay <laughs> with it. I think I think now that you say that, I think that's where my disdain. It's it's I don't hate swimming levels. I hate swimming levels that I can't beat. 
that's when I don't like them is when I, when I struggle with them. Having said that, you're right. Like that swimming level in Ninja Turtles that ruined some childhoods. Like there are some people that <laughs> that game fucked them up. That's <laughs> um, I, I guess the other thing I would have to say now that I'm thinking about it is like really Mario three did have some really good swimming levels using like the formula of one. Yeah. When they added the frog suit that was designed specifically to go oh. in the water is like, that was actually pretty creative. The frog was, suit's a godsend, man. The frog, yeah. frog suit's incredible. But I don't, I don't like when I run into a swimming level in this game. I'm like, that's fine. I, you know, mm-hmm. I actually quite enjoy the swimming levels in the original Mario because I like the way once he gets some, dude, when you get some momentum going with him, it's almost like he's he's kind of heavy and he is kind of he's a little pudgy. But once he gets moving, you, it's like all that momentum gets kind of shifting forward. You can fly through some of those swimming levels. The only thing that yeah. sucks is when a blooper traps you and you yeah. kind of know you're going to get hit and you try to, you, you fight it as long as you can, but yeah. bloopers. So I hate those little bastards, but they, it, they, they are the, they are the worst. And that's why like in super Mario or lost levels, it's that whole, like the, they put bloopers on the land and it's just like, this is a nightmare that will never leave. Yeah. Yeah. At uh, least, you know, worse. in this game, you only have to deal with them underwater. And and, and 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 you're able to like manage it underwater, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's it, it's a puzzle meant for those levels. And dude, if and you so, if you can get to a because if I'm not mistaken, and I might be, but I'm 90% sure there isn't a I don't think there's a power up in a in a water level in this game. I don't I can't no I can't think of a, a single instance no. where you can get like a mushroom or a fire flower underwater in this game. If you can you, get into a water level with fire, you are a god. It is the greatest uh-huh. thing in the world. I kill everything. I kill everything. I'm that guy yeah. you hate that goes after every coin. I don't even worry about the coins. I'm like, if you're, if I can fry you, I'm going to fry you. And it feels so good. I really yeah. like the swimming levels in these games a lot. Well, and I think you bring up uh, an interesting thing about this game, too, that you can't uh, that in future Mario games that they change is the idea of like uh, your power ups are kind of limited. Like you can't come in with like um, a bunch of power ups that you collect over the game. Like in Mario three, you know, you have your like little uh like your collection of items yeah yeah you you can go into the level like oh i need to add in a mushroom or leaf or whatever in this one you just have to survive with it because if you and and the level that i'm thinking of specifically is eight three uh you need to like you kind of need to nail eight three uh so because they they have exactly two power-ups in it yeah and that's the last power-ups of the game. Like, really. And, dude, there's that part in 8.3 near the end. And, yeah. and I will say, actually, I love that part near the end of 8.3 where there's all the giant brick walls behind you. And you realize, yeah. like, oh, my God, I'm getting close to, like, his big castle, like, his fortress. Um, yeah. But there's the Hammer Brothers that are on the ground. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you have fire, they are... Not a problem. They're dandelions. You just get, you blow them away. But if you don't have fire, then it becomes a, like... Uh, the hammer. I, you really oh. you have to. The, I, I like the they're hammer harsh. Brothers. They're unpredictable. You yeah. really can't predict their movement. They're it they're kind of cheap. Like they are. They're kind like in future games, like in Mario Three, like their hammers. They only throw like one at a time, and they're big, and you can kind of dodge them. In this game, they, they I can't think of a better description. They kind of puke them up. 
like just like like splits of hammers and they jump at random times and the hammers come at random times and yeah, yeah without the, without fire they are a pain in the ass well and, and to add them that they don't have like the layer of bricks for them to jump up onto so it gives you at least a path around yes. them yeah the fact that it's just like no they're solidly on the ground they can only hop up a little bit and yeah. then that's your way to like scoot underneath them but the it's it really limits your options and you really have to be on there with that timing and especially when you first encounter them in that scenario you're probably like losing your momentum because you're like okay i gotta stop i gotta like stay out of the range of that so you don't have the momentum to like get under the arc of the hammer yeah and And like like, and you mentioned it dude there's only two power-ups so if you cut if you die in that level then you start the level off small and you have one shot at getting the mushroom and then getting a flower. Like it's like you you better you better not screw this up because it's like well, you, you, if you get hit. And I always liked that. I always love that you don't just get a flower. You gotta yeah. be you gotta earn it. You gotta you gotta yeah. be big when you get to that box to get the flower. Um, yeah. It's funny because like I've I, I play this game multiple times a year, and if there's a level that's gonna stop me like on a run, it's that level. If, if a level, and I beat yeah. it, I beat it probably 75, 80% of the time that game. But like, if there yeah. is a level that's going to beat me, it's that fucking eight, three with those hammer brothers on the ground. Cause they can, you can be completely screwed in there. Yeah. But it's, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's very brutal. Um, um and, and then of course you have to make that choice. If you're small at the end of eight, three, it's like, well, do I want to, kill myself and start over on this one and try to have a power up going into eight, four, because that's the thing. Once you're in eight, four, there are no power ups. Even if you die and start over, like there's no way of getting big again. You have to just now do the game small. And that level, dude, I actually, it's funny you bring that up. Another thing that this game did, which I, I don't hate, but I'm also glad that a ton of other games don't do this is that there's two or three. I think there's two, it might be three. There's two or three Bowser's Castle levels, like the like three, four, like the the level four mm-hmm. in each world that are like those mazes where you have yeah. to figure out what order to go through. And um, as a kid, I always thought like, what a cool concept! Like I gotta figure out the pattern. But I won't lie to you, I kind of feel like that might have been the um, the influence, the the, the reason that we have uh, the inspiration is what I'm looking for. Those levels might have been the inspiration for ghost houses in future Mario games. And I'm mm. not going to lie to you guys, like, as much as I adore, like, I suck that Mario dick. I love Mario, but I hate ghost houses. I hate them. I hate them. And I hate them in Super Mario World. I hate them in every game. I just don't find them fun. I don't find them aesthetically pre- pleasing. I, I hate the maze concept. And But for some reason in this game, because I think it's just because it's Bowser's Castle, and I really like the music in Bowser's Castle and the way it looks different. The mazes And the mazes aren't that complicated. They don't bother me as much. But I think it's another well, uh, cool idea, though, that you don't just run through. You have to figure out which way to go to get through it. I like that. Well, here, here here's the big thing. It tells you when you went the right way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Or you're like, oh, no, you that this is not the way you got to go. Uh, we are now resetting the maze. And you're like, oh, okay, I, we messed it up. It, like, tells you when it happens. So it's, and, and it does it a few times in the level. So you kind of, like... You don't have to do the whole maze in one shot. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It gets to restart, but it's yeah, funny because I still to this and, day and, and, can't and, and, remember and, the order. I can't remember how to get there. I have to figure it out every time I play those games. I can't remember the order to go in. I oh, never for eight 
The thing is, I can't remember the ones for the earlier levels because I think you're right. You, I think it's like six four is a maze level, and maybe five four. Like I think there's one other, um, but like eight four because I would do warps and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, that's amazing. And you have to do it to beat the game, obviously. Uh, that that one is like when I was playing Super Mario thirty five recently. Uh, it was like there. It was imprinted. I'm like, no, it's here. Right. here 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 and i'm at the end I was, and it was like honestly when i was playing uh, Mar- super mario 35 i was trying to like i would always vote in one of those maze levels once i had all the, the levels unlocked i was like maze level maze level maze level because you knew how <laughs> to then, beat it yeah oh yeah. dude i yeah i never i always thought they were cool but like the last time i played the original mario brothers was on my 24-hour stream back in december and I yeah. think I started the stream off playing it. And I played through it, and then I played through it again on the hard mode where they replace all the Goombas with Beatles. And I and I, and I beat oh, it, I yeah. beat it twice. It was fine, but like literally the second straight playthrough, I couldn't remember the patterns. Like I don't know if there's just something wrong with my brain, but I'd like I to this moment, I'll figure it out. You have tons of time to figure it out. No yeah. idea where oh. to go. No idea where the hell to go with that. <laughs> Not even a clue. Uh, also, dude, just quickly while we're on the topic of Bowser's castles, uh, yeah. maybe the most. I don't want to call it the most iconic moment in the game, but the the moment that always kind of just makes me to this day, I when I see it, I'm like, oh wow, is the giant fire stick. Uh, because remember in like sure. the I think the I think it's Castle Two, the, the the it's the same screen, but the giant fire stick isn't there. And then yeah, I think it's yeah. Castle Five, the giant fire stick is there that takes up like the whole screen. I don't know yeah. why. I just that is one of my favorite moments. Every time I see that giant fire stick, the first time I'm like, "Oh fuck, that's so cool!" I don't know. Maybe that's <laughs> it's just one of my favorite moments in the game. Is that giant? Well, fire I, stick. I I remember when I saw that because that yeah, you see the same castle twice in the game. One with that's m- more difficult than the other. Yeah, where they add more fire sticks or that super big one. When I first saw that big one, I was like, "Oh no, yeah, <laughs> this this is a crisis." It's intimidating, then, man. Yeah, that giant yeah. thing, and then and the thing is, is you can't go backwards. So like once you like once the screen yeah. moves on to where, once the screen goes far enough to the right, where the end of that fire stick goes further back than the screen does, you have yeah. no choice. It will hit you if you don't get out of there right now. And yeah. you, uh, you, I love it. You, I love that. Yeah, if you and if you're not holding that run button. You are done. Yeah, hold <laughs> the run button. You jack off. That's that's all you have to do. Just hold it the whole time. Don't Ugh. ever. I don't understand how people can't just hold it the whole time. Anyways. I know. I know. I know. Holy Anyways. cow, man! We're like an hour and fifteen minutes. I still have a couple of quick things I want to hit on, and then we'll kind of for sure we'll start moving on here. Um, yeah. So okay, so for the first note I have here, literally, because I don't write a ton of notes, guys, but. This is this is a special episode for me, and I didn't want to forget anything I wanted to bring up. I, I, I it'd be impossible to figure out, David, and I don't know if you feel the same way. I would love to know how many times I have bought this game in thirty plus years <laughs> between, like, on the NES, on Game Boy, on various consoles, on virtual consoles. I right. I can't even guess. Forget how many times I've played it. The amount of times I've played this game has got to be. I bet you it's got to be a thousand that sure. all the times I played as a kid, but like, I, I don't know if anyone else listening can relate. I'm sure a few of you can. I don't know if you can. I have any chance that I get to buy this game. I buy it. Like if it's five bucks or less, it's just like, it's a no, mm. like every time virtual console or something would pop up on a, on 
on 3DS or on the on the Wii or on the Wii U or wherever, if I had the option to buy this game, I buy it every single time. I'm a, such a sucker. I'm the reason Nintendo keeps reselling us old games over and over, I guess. But I, I, <laughs> like, do you like, am I, is it just me? Like, do you buy the, like, have, you, have you bought this game over and over again? I feel like I haven't as much. I feel, but, but I, I I feel that you and I live in different uh, worlds to a certain degree when it comes to that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, I don't, I, I can only buy so many games and that kind of a thing. Uh, but I have, you know, when it was up on uh, the Wii store when it first, uh, yeah, that yeah. was one of the ones I definitely, I buy. It's just, I, if I, if I see the opportunity to buy it and, you know, uh, I will. I I would love to have an access to it. That's why, like Super Mario Thirty Five. Oh my goodness, that really lit up my brain. That like the adding the fact that like I knew these levels inside and out. Yeah, and like I was immediately good at it because I understood for the first time in my life the 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 appeal of the uh, uh, you know multiplayer game online because you know whenever I'd play call of duty, I don't play call of duty enough. And I'd walk into like, you know, you're playing against a bunch of anonymous people on the internet and you're just at the bottom of the barrel. And it's like, I don't own this game. I don't want to spend $70 to own this game. So I'm never going to be good. I don't, I don't want to go through that uh, uh, drudgery, I guess, in order to learn all those skills for a game. Yeah. But then Super Mario 35 for the first time in my life, just like, guess what? You've already put in those hours. Yeah. You get a start at the top. You get a like, you get a run through and like potentially win very early on. Yeah. And uh, uh and, and like honestly, Super Mario 35 was one of my favorite games of last year because of like you know, you're taking these things you already know, in my case, like this thing from your childhood that's not that far away from your memory. You're like, yeah, right. This is how this level goes. I know where to go. I had strategies. Okay, go to 4-2, do this, do this, do yeah. this, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, go. I would actually do 4-1 a lot so I can get Lakitu's in there and send them to other people and just like send just a... A wave of those guys. God, I hate not him. Fuck, I hate him. Like I started, to, I started to forgive him uh, when Super Mario Kart came out, and he would save me when I fell off tracks. Then I started sure. to bury the hatchet. But boy, I hate him. But no, yeah, but I, uh, but I absolutely, I dude, I understand because that's how I feel about Tetris ninety nine. I don't play a lot of online games, but I'm like, I've been playing Tetris as far back as I can remember, and now I can take those skills and use it to play against other people. I totally, I hundred percent, I exactly understand I, what you're saying with that. Totally. Yeah, and, and I have a, a, a deep appreciation uh, for that, where it's like, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm never going to master Call of Duty, but it's cool. I get why people will put in the hours that they do. Yeah, that they're like. Yeah, they, this is like it's fun to be competitive at that level. Yeah, and it's just fun that I, I got to experience that with a game from my childhood. You know, it's, it's so fun. Like it's just, I, it's validating. It's yeah. validating it, in a yes, weird it is. way. Yeah. This game, dude, Super Mario Brothers is just. I often describe games as comfort food. Like I talk about it on Twitch that like Super Punch Out is is comfort food to me. Donkey Kong Country, Super Mario World. But none of them are like, like Super Mario Brothers is the video game equivalent of the movie that you watch every day as a kid. 
Like I can like, and that's the other point. That's one of the other points I had written down here is like, as a kid, not so much when we rented, when we rented games, like forget super Mario brothers for the weekend, I'm playing whatever I rented. Cause I only have it for two days or whatever. Yeah. But like right, it right. didn't, it didn't matter when we got a new game for Christmas or, or whatever. Like I, I super Mario brothers was the one game that I never stopped going back to so far. So when, even when we got a super Nintendo and I was obsessed with that friggin' thing. I would go back to my NES, and the game I played the most by a mile was was Super Mario Brothers. Like, if I'm curious to know how many times I've bought it, I'm even more curious to know how many times I've played it because I I yeah. can't even fathom. Like, and dude, honestly, I don't I don't know. One of the things I hear from listeners of the show a lot is when they listen to the podcast, it makes them want to go play whatever game we're talking about. Um, I'm feeling that hard right now. I have work to do when you and I are done this. I have to do expansion pass. Part of me wants to just take an hour off and fire up my NES classic and just play one quick game of, of Mario brothers. Cause it's just, every time I get talking about this game, it's like, it's like my mouth starts watering, but for a video game, like, I'm like, I got to play this game again. I'll, I'll never get bored of it. I'll never, this, that's why I think it's the perfect video game. Cause I'll never not want to play Mario brothers. I'll never not want to yeah. fire it up. And you know what I mean? Like, dude, when you're walking through the store or you're walking through, you're flipping through something online on Twitter or wherever, I don't know if you're like this, David, but like if I see a screen from Super Mario Brothers, at least for half a second, I got to stop and see what it is. And yeah, what's going on with it? Yeah. Like, is that just because it's such an I the, the colors and everything are just so iconic that it just gets my attention. And I'm like, oh, what's going on with Super Mario Brothers? You know, <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I love it. I love this video game so much. I, and I like love maybe even the word I'm I. Maybe it's not, I don't know what the right word is, but like, I, I almost like, I almost worship this video game. Like this game is the single most important piece of media that has ever been produced in my world ever. Well, you know, and, and I think this is where it goes back to the start and why like connects to your podcast. Okay. I think it really is an important one that you've elevated because for you in this particular case and for myself too, like it is that moment where you kind of like realize magic is kind of real, you know, like the, 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 this, this new thing and you got to be on the ground floor for it. And like, man, I got to have a wonderful experience and not a lot of people would have, like even talking about people who are like, say younger than us, they, they won't have that same magic because they see video games around them all the time. And I'm not, I'm not disparaging that. Like, in fact, it's, it's uh, it, like, it's kind of like, Oh, that's, there's a wistful kind of like, oh, it's too bad you didn't have that experience. Instead, you just have the uh, technology around you. But like to have that wonderful ability to like uh, just be exposed to it, you're growing up with it. You get to like uh, adapt and learn it. And like, as you were saying, like you were better than the adults that, you know, know real life things. Yeah. Like there's something that like was very um it emboldened you, it encouraged you, like, oh man, there's something that I am good at. There is something that I like and and draws me in. And you know, even my much smarter parents can't do. And like that's there's something about that invigorating. Yeah. This yeah, yeah, yeah. This was the first thing that I I remember feeling like I was good at was Mario Brothers. Like it's you know what I mean? Like my mom would sometimes just watch me play and would like be impressed 
and watch it, she'd be like, holy cow, you're getting really good at this, eh? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I am. Like, because yeah. I, 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 I yeah. play it a lot. I'm good. It's like some people had sports and like, I, I always liked playing street hockey. So I was a kid, I was never good, but I liked yeah. playing it. But this was something that I liked playing that I was actually good at. And it's just, and yeah. there's better games. Like the, the NES, like Mega Man 2, Mega Man 3, Super Mario Brothers 3, arguably Super Mario Brothers 2, Punch-Out, Contra. Like yeah. there's tons of great, better games on the NES. But like, if I could only play one NES game for the rest of my life, like I wouldn't even have to think about it. It would be yeah. this one. I can't never, if, 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 if something, dude, if something ever happened where they were like, no one's ever allowed to play this game again. I don't know why it, it, for whatever reason i name maybe it, it gives you brain cancer so i don't know if something happened where you were not allowed to play the original super mario brothers again i would be devastated because the, i i can't not yeah. play this game i need it i love it <laughs> so yeah Here, here's my question to you i this is the last thought that i had for, yeah, for today ahead. in my brain so uh like when it comes to mastering it was one of the first things i I quote unquote mastered. I'm not a speed runner though. Like I don't, I don't have it to that level of mastery. Right. But the idea, like I felt like I was skilled at something uh, where it was like, when you initially play super Mario brothers and you kind of figure out that gimmick of getting to the warp zones of like, Oh, in one, two, you can go along the top and then it will, uh, you can get as far as world four. Yeah. And then you get to four, two, there's another warp zone that gets you all the way to like world eight. Yeah. And, um, and like, I would do that because like as a kid or, you know, I just want to be, I I'm here to beat this game. And, uh, you, so you take those shortcuts and then you get to a certain point where like, that's fun and all like it's fun to try to beat it as quick as you can but then you're like man i need to get better at the rest of this game yeah and so i you don't do the the warps and you're like i'm going to see if i can get through one one all the way to eight four without you know like without the warps i'm going to get uh, beat it all yeah and like that was that kind of evolution i i don't know if that's how that went for you because you know, once you figure out the warp zones, why would you not take the warp zones? But my what was was like, I'm going to be better at this. Well, my I'll be honest with you, like I I, I never I very rarely used the warp zones as a kid or the warp whistles in Mario Three, and there was mm -hmm. two reasons. It, one was just because I I just loved the game so much that I didn't want to miss the levels. I was like, I want to play mm. all these. And honestly, this this is I remember my mom. I think it was my mom. Some I. I remember having this discussion. I think it was with my mom, but somebody explained that I should, if I play the early levels, I can save up a bunch of lives for the late levels. And I was like, you're yeah. right. And they put that in my head. And mm, that was why yeah. I stopped skipping levels early because I, I was like, I know come that fucking Likido. Like once I get into world four and I start dying all the time, I got to save lives. Resources. And yeah. so that was like my early, like, yeah, so like I would use the warp sometimes if I wanted to play the higher levels, but it wasn't about getting good as much as it was I just really wanted to play it, and it was because I I yeah like I in my mind it was like a strategy of like I gotta save up lives so I, like dude like I could not go into the last half of that game with three lives like I needed to go into there with mm. like I didn't always use my mom used to do the trick for me where you'd get that Koopa Troopa on the stairs to get like infinite lives. To uh, this, yeah, three three three. Yeah. To this day, I cannot, I have never in my life gotten that trick to work. I can't do it. And it makes me so mad because my mom would do it for me. I would go get my mom and be like, can you please do this for me? And sometimes she would do it and sometimes she wouldn't. 
Like, I mean, yeah. she could, and sometimes she couldn't. But uh, yeah, I, I, I never I, figured that. I never figured that damn trick out, man. Never. It, it, and here's, I think, one of the things about it. I, and I might be wrong about this. Because I was able to do it when I was a kid. And uh, from what I understand, like, even if you have, like, uh, you know, a port or, like, whatever the current moderation, you may not ever be able to do that one again. I, and I, I and if I'm wrong, I would love for somebody to say otherwise. But because of the way TVs work and the way the like, it's the Mario you're playing is kind of like an emulated version of yeah. the game. Yeah. And I don't know, and I might be wrong, I don't know if you're able to ever do that trick again because it's just it's it there's one occurrence in the entire game where you have like uh yeah the koopa troopa coming down the stairs and you have to jump on them and yeah you you keep jumping on them normally it just gives you more points and it happens even in current mario games where where there's platforming if you keep jumping you'll get like free lives or whatever but there was in this one instance you can keep jumping on this uh koopa shell and it bounce back and you jump again. Yeah. And you can get infinite lives. Infinite lives to the point that like it actually breaks the game and you can't play it. Yeah. Like your lives yeah. would just turn into shapes. Like you wouldn't even have a number there. Shapes. It'd just be like weird, like like bricks, yeah. like pixelated bricks and stuff. Uh you know what though, dude? You might be right about that. Cause I we had um a guest on the show a little while back. His name is he goes by the moniker of Summoning Salt online, and he's the world speedrun record at a whole bunch of Mike Tyson's punch out records including the fastest knockout of mike tyson and we mm. were talking about because like i i really like that game i've never beaten that game and mm. uh the traditionalists at that game say there's there's something about especially the last couple of fights that is actually easier to do on the nes on an old tv than it is today mm -hmm. because there's like a touch of leg or something in the way it's done now like it's like a frame yeah. of it or something but it, it makes a difference so you might be right maybe but i i've never dude it doesn't matter what i'm playing it on I was never able to make that trick work. And I, and I remember that, that. That is it. Dude, that's it. That's when my mom said it because she was like, are you always going to come get me to do this? And I was like, well, I can't do it. And then she was like, well, then why don't you just collect a bunch of lives? And then that was mm. when I was like, yeah. So then I was like, that, I, you know, I know where tons of hidden lives are and hidden bricks. And I don't usually die in the first few worlds. So I usually shoot yeah. to get to like world four, world five, world six with like eight, nine, ten lives in the bank. You know what yeah. I mean, and then I'm, and then I usually have enough to get me through to the end of the game, but I, I I'm much more about the, I I'm much more of the like speedrunner of trying like beat a game quickly. I don't necessarily care about the extra stuff on it, right? right. Uh, but yeah, Mario had the thing, especially because it was one of the only games I had. Like it, you could go back and then like yeah, I'll, now I'm going to beat these other levels and be better at them. And, yeah. Like, it, I, I wonder if there's a certain amount of, like, psychology in those warp zones of, like, yeah, probably a person would take warp zones to get to the end quicker. But, you know, like, later on, you're going to want a challenge. So, you know what? I'm going to go through all of the levels. Near, I There was, like, I still kind of feel like this to this day. I always kind of looked at the warp zones as kind of like the replacement for save files or passwords. Like, mm. you, could, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, well, I know I can beat World 1, 2, 3 in my sleep. So I'll go yeah. to the warp zone and go to world four so that I can just play the last half of the game. It's just that I right. never, I never found myself bored of world one, two, three. Like, I'm like, I just want to play these over and over and over again. Gotcha. So, yeah. Like the music, the sound effects, the way they look. I just, I, I love it. Um, this is, dude, this I mean, is going uh, to go down as the longest episode we've ever done of this show. No question. Fair. About it. As it deserves. I, it deserves. 
I, 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 and I think that's a good question to ask your uh, audience of like, which kind of person were you like, at least with that game? Are you like, did you try to do it the fastest? You're just like, I want to see the ending of the game. Or were you a person like, no, I'm going to, I like, I want to, I want to enjoy the whole game. Cause eventually I became that person because I, I did beat it yeah. and I'm like, well, what do, what's next? Well, it's to beat all the levels, but yeah. And what's your initial run Whether you're just trying to beat the game to see what the ending was like, or were you, I want to make sure I'm ready. I'm prepared. I have my resources going through it. Cause um, obviously we're on different ends of this. Um, I'm not saying one's better or worse no, than the other. No. But, as far as yeah. I like to me and like, I don't even, That's I psycho- don't even, I, psycho- it's psychologically. Yeah. It's an interesting, like, what's your personal individual? Just like the, there's people who collect all the coins oh. and people who just try and get through the level. Freaks. Except in that case, there is one answer. Yeah, there's and, a right uh, answer. Yeah, that's there's it. a right answer. It's funny. The other one doesn't have it. Because it's like, it's like uh, I was playing Punch-Out on stream a little while back, and I Soda Popinski is the bane of my existence. It's I beat mm-hmm. him once on the stream. I think it's the only yeah. time I've ever beaten him. Like, I can't beat him. <laughs> he owns my ass. I can't beat him. And there's a glitch you can use to beat them. And I'm like, I don't, I don't criticize other people that use, I think if you use a glitch to beat other players, you're kind of an idiot. But if you want to use a glitch to just, you know, against the, you know, well, you're playing the game by yourself. As far as I'm concerned, play the game. However you want, it's your game. You can't, you you really can't cheat. I feel like if you're using a glitch on your own, you know, you're not really cheating. You're just, it's changing the experience. Exactly. You know, whereas like, I'm always just, I, I don't know. That's just the type of like, and I'm kind of the same way in real life. And I'm not criticizing anyone that uses warps or glitches or whatever. I'm just that type of person that like, I don't like, I, 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 I don't mean for this to sound like I'm holier than thou, but like, I just don't like to take shortcuts at anything. Like I'm just yeah. that person that's got to see it through the whole way as it is. That, so like, I, I rarely use them. I knew they were there and I used them if I wanted to get to the late levels to play them. But I just, I, I like the whole experience and it's the same I yeah like and and it's particularly in this game, dude. I just I'll never get bored I, I, of playing through this game as in its entirety. Never. I, I see. I get a kick out of like how fast can I do this? That's the challenge right. I'm putting out towards right. towards myself. It's not a, like uh, I'm trying to breeze past it, but it's just like a different form of challenge, like, which I think speaks to the game again. Oh yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, dude. I love watching spe- dude to see people beat this game in under five minutes blows my mind. My mind. Yeah. To watch it's those wild. videos, it's incredible. Yeah. But I will say, if I ever and I and I never will, for the record, I'm never going to. But if I ever decided I wanted to try to speed run this game. I think I'm the type of person that would, I'd almost feel um, like I, I, I almost have no choice but to do the full playthrough speed run, like the thirty. Yeah, uh, the, I'm just that type of player. The, like I'd have to. The, you know? the nor the the no warp speed. No warp yeah. speed. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Well, oh, you know how man. you you know how you could do that. What's that? Yeah, uh, like because I know you wouldn't speed run it because like that number in the world record you're never going to beat. But mm. you know, say if uh, you and I would do a stream or whatever and we would try to do this uh the record against each other right then that's a lot more feasible you know Absolutely. what i mean like yeah it, yeah, be yeah. A lot or more like in like in our community or something but yeah, yeah. you watch those yeah, people yeah. online and i'm in awe i'm like dude you guys are and i and some people watch those videos and like we did a whole episode about speed running when something else was on and some people were like 
which is a fine take. Some people don't like speedrunning. They think it kind of exploits the game. I do feel like that with RPGs. I watched an RPG, a speedrun of Earthbound, and I had to turn it off because I was like, I find Earthbound challenging, and you guys are just breaking it and showing me how I could beat it super quick. But when I yeah. watch a platforming speedrun, it's nothing but uh, respect and, and, and appreciation for yeah. what they're doing. Because I'm like, dude, I know I could, in theory, I could pick up that controller and do exactly what you're doing but I'm not good enough to do it. Like that's impressive shit to me. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So we got to score this thing. We're at an hour and a half. I can't, and through the intro, this is going to be an hour long for you. This is gonna be a long episode. The, the epi- this chat is longer than it takes to beat super Mario brothers, which is awesome. Oh, I would have beaten it like three times. By yeah, now. exactly. We, like, yeah. Like we've, <laughs> we've lapped it. Um, I, I don't want to do a funny scoring system for this game. I just want to score it out of 10. And, um, not to, I mean, you're, you're, you, I gotta be all like, I like not like you guys know my rule. I don't give out tens. Super Mario world got a 10. I did break the rule and gave Tetris a 10. I like, I almost like, I hate when people give stuff like six stars out of five, but I almost feel like that's what this game is. I like, it's 11 out of like this game is, I, I this game is just too important to me to do anything less than at least a 10. Like it's, it's like an 11 out of 10. I, it's, I truly believe it's the perfect video game. I truly believe that. Adam, I think I have your solution. I think what you should score it as is, uh, you know, like uh, uh, a pixelation of a part of a cloud uh, uh, out of 10. Because that means you've gotten too many lives. Yes. Because you're down on the Koopa Troopa. Nailed it. uh, Nailed it. A partial cloud pixel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes it's the infinite out of 10 that's what it is yes no. the partial clear yes uh, like are you do you feel the same way can you can you think of any reason to not give this game at least a perfect score like am i am i crazy like i think there's two ways of looking at because because you know every time i come on there I, I i'm always i don't know are you radiant back when it was out are you radiant now are you talking about legacy and i think legacy absolutely right. uh uh weird uh, shape uh like partial uh face of a koopa out of uh 10 yes it's it's the most important game that way yeah uh in terms of like what it was back then like i think like it's probably like a nine out of ten right. at least back in like if you're like in the 80s it's probably up there uh and then in terms of like you're playing it now is an experience now without the nostalgia i think because there have been so many advancements based off of the as i said this is a vanilla platformer and that's not a disparaging because it set the table for everything else i i think then it's probably more in the range of like like a seven yeah i, and, understand and I know that's that sounds but once again, I think those other those last two scores I talked about are, are not as important as like what it means for the video game history. For like, I think at least for myself, this is my personal tincture on that. Obviously, yeah. Um, that the, like there's that the rose cover uh, colored glasses. This is this is the world. Uh, this is the game that made the world magic, and but- I think it's hard to uh, ignore that. And then yeah, like nostalgia it's it's and it's it is a well-made game it is uh like i've played there might be other games that might give me nostalgia this one 
doesn't have crazy flaws in it that uh you know other games might have no that and that's what i was gonna say is like because you're right and and like someone wrote into the show a couple weeks ago asking how hard it is to 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 like review like because like i you know we run our patreon polls where i play a retro game i've never played and then we review it on the show and they're like is it hard to do that and and treat it fairly without that nostalgic tint on it and sometimes it's like fantasy star 4 was a perfect example of like i had no nostalgia for that game and I played it and was like, I, I think this game is like a six out of 10. If I grew up with it, it would probably be like a nine. You know what I mean? Like that's an example of that. Whereas with this game, I think if they, if, if, if Super Mario Brothers had never existed and they released it today as like a five or $10 indie game and I downloaded it, I truly think that I would still probably put it in that eight or nine out of 10 because I just, I'd be like, this is just fun to play. Like I, it's a fun platform. Like and at the end of the day that's what i want my video games to be are fun and i just think this is a if you take mario you take the effect on the industry you take all your nostalgia you take all that out of the out of it and you were to just plug in different characters same game but with generic characters like fred the jumping guy and it, you know what i mean like i would still probably uh. give it an eight or nine out of ten because i'm like it's just fun to play over and over like it just feels good to jump in and play i i i, I, I love it yeah i i think and that's where i would disagree with you to a degree and and but that's why like super mario 35 i think is like once you take in the fact that we've had all this video game history yeah the fact that it is simple and then there's these other elements at play like then i think it it does rank higher uh in in terms of a modern game i i i'm trying to keep my like what do i actually feel how is my nostalgia playing into this? Because I, I know what you mean. I, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I Yeah. I, I know how you are feeling and what you're reacting to. And I, I think, uh, is, I, I, I've said it a few times already in this episode, but I think that's why we like video games. Yeah. The, 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 the thing that's making you want to like this game so much, maybe more than what it actually is rating worth it's because you love video games you love the 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 experience it gave you it made the world bigger to you like and i'm talking about the grander world yes like it made the world look bigger to you and i think that that's fundamental and i think that's why it's 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 nice to remember those games of this time in your life when things were simpler easier uh less complicated and it's nice to like be wrapped in, in that. I, I think that's why I uh, people enjoy your podcast because I think you genuinely encapsulate nostalgia and like the the warmth and comfort it brings. And like I I I can't speak for everybody, but I know for for myself as I hear you be so passionate about games, I think there is something to you genuinely embracing what the game is intended to do. And like you, you look at it and you embrace it and you feel it. Um, It's not, uh, it's not necessarily on that, like intellectual, like logical level, you feel it. And I think that's, there is uh i think that's a correct way of looking at these games frankly thanks man yeah it, it's, yeah it's, the, the passion isn't fake and i don't think anyone thinks yeah. it is like my passion for video games is unlike pro wrestling is the only other thing that's ever come close like and, and i don't yeah. think and, I, and if i had to give up video games or pro wrestling i'd be like wrestling's fake 
Like I like I <laughs> like I, I couldn't give up pro wrestling. I just love or my video games. I just I just yeah. And this game is yeah. the linchpin of everything. I love it. Yeah. Um, dude, this has been a long podcast. Before we wrap this up, I know you're staying busy, uh, yeah. blabbing into microphones without me, uh, you know, singing my Mario praises all over the place. So by all means, I'll put links in the description box. Uh, let the world know what you're up to if they're interested in checking out your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I'll try to keep this quick because I know I listen to a lot of podcasts and, uh, <laughs> and you want those quick. Uh, I'm doing a podcast called Quantum Kickflip. Is with my sketch comedy group, uh, the Debutants. Uh, it's this game uh, slash narrative uh, of uh, kids that uh, sneak into alternate dimensions and they're getting into all sorts of trouble. It's this uh, activity called slug blasting, which is like frowned upon by like parents' groups and religious organizations and all this kind of like you shouldn't be doing this. And these kids sneak away to do it and. Um, quantum kickflip follows our specific group of kids as they get into mischief and uh, i think it's um heartfelt i think it's actually funny and i think it's uh something that would uh, would appeal to a wide variety of people especially if you want to hear uh an actual play of a brand new role-playing game a tabletop role-playing game that's coming out soon by uh, uh an edmonton uh based uh comedian and performer and artist Excellent. um so and if you get on there uh now that we often have like a contest to like for you to potentially win a copy of the game slug blaster so yeah check us out quantum kickflip we're on instagram we're on twitter we're on uh tiktok all the rest of it and uh and facebook i guess uh and if you follow us there you can catch up on the story and uh yeah that'd be great if you could check that out hell yeah i'll, I'll leave that there Excellent. you know technically i'm i'm also on stuff but frankly i'm <laughs> i want you to check out quantum kickflip because <laughs> that is a that is a story and show kind of about nostalgia of the late 90s right so i feel i feel it's good no yeah. i get it like whenever i go on somebody else's show they ask me what i have going on and it's like you don't want to plug everything so you're like what's the one thing i want to and i've never plugged my comedy ever i'm like no my comedy sucks check out the check out my podcast don't go to my con i hate my comedy check out my podcast i agree i, I want I you agree. to see my podcast it's awful I, so, yeah, I agree. Um, you agree that my comedy, <laughs> dude? Yeah, you, well, you've seen it. <laughs> We've been on joking. shows I, together. You know, uh, <laughs> buddy. I listen, just, yeah. uh, David. First of all, thank you for being on the show as as many times as you have. And secondly, uh, thank you for not for for your persistence in in uh, in doing a <laughs> Super Mario Brothers episode. I really, this has been a marathon of an episode, and I hope we did this game justice. I I feel good. I feel I'm happy. I I feel good cool. about this. Cool. So thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, this is great. And uh, yeah, I hope that you have so many more episodes. I hope you play all the video games and uh, uh, yeah, relive that nostalgia with other people and how they grew up in the same way. You know? Oh yeah. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. that's going to do it for this week's episode. David, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking so much Super Mario Brothers. And to every single one of you that made it through this marathon of a fucking podcast, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Whether you've listened to 150 episodes, whether you've listened to one episode, 
dude, dudette, he, she, it, Z, whatever you, thank you, all of you. Thank you so much. You're all just hot dogs in my good eyes view. You're all just hot dogs. And that's a compliment. All right. That's a great thing to say. I'm so proud of the community we have here. The lack of toxicity, the way that there's not a bunch of, there was, you know, I might be the biggest asshole in the group. And that's a great fucking thing because I am a manageable asshole. I'm an asshole, but I'm a, I'm a manageable asshole. Uh, thank you all so much. I, I, I can't believe we're at 150 episodes. Uh, who knows where the fuck we'll be by the time we hit 200, 250, 300. I can't imagine the show stopping anytime soon. Uh, so onward and upward. I don't know what next week's episode is going to be yet. Oh, actually, uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I was going to say, but I don't. I don't know what next week's episode is going to be yet. But anyway, as we climb toward episode 200, thank you all so, so much. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you're enjoying it, if you've liked any of these previous episodes, consider supporting us on Patreon. That's how I'm growing it. I see the Patreons out there with 10, 12,000 supporters. And I'm like, that'd be fucking sick. We have 295 and the 295 are all phenomenal and my fucking heroes, but every single one matters. I see every single one. You get a mountain of value. I get more value than I probably should be giving for two bucks. Patreon.com slash remember the game. If you're interested, we have a PO box. Just shoot me a letter or a postcard. Let me know where in the world you're listening. I'll shoot you a remember the game postcard back. We'll be best friends. You can find the address at remember the game podcast.com and check me out on Twitch. I'm over there Tuesday and Wednesday nights and Saturday afternoons, uh, schedule permitting. And that's member the game over on twitch.tv, not remember the game, member the game. And that'll do it. Thank you guys all so much. I really, really appreciate it. I'm going to do the Patreon shout outs and then normally i play the super mario world ending chime but i got a different chime ready just for this episode so maybe even skip past the patreon plugs if you don't care about them so that you can hear that uh, the new chime at the end only doing it this week one time only episode 150 all right thank you so much everybody you guys are the best i love you all cheers remember the game is brought to you by our patreons i could not produce all the content i turn out every week without your support so i would like to take a quick moment to thank everyone that has supported us at patreon.com slash remember the game. And I saw a he- Oh God, there's like 270 names this month and I'm just got them in a random order. I'm going to fuck some up. So if you want to listen to it to see if I fuck yours up, go ahead. And just a quick note, I record this at the beginning of every month. So as I'm recording this right now, it's May 4th. May the 4th be with you. And uh, I fucking hate that joke. And I record this uh, at the beginning of every month because it takes a long time to do every week. So if you signed up after May 4th, thank you so much. But you'll be added to this in April or pardon me in June when we record the next one okay here we go a huge thank you to <gasps> broken spoilers matthew day plucky beast super dave owen the game Furchuk, chuck Mike, joe kirby dale baker ian watts jeff bergeron paul ronnie Sachs, hammond egger josh valentini chance mccoy sean radford karth from kotor sean raspberry rose scott roseberry shannon willis astros astral soul Big G, Classic Crusade, Russell Aldridge, L. Sock, Adam Ferrer, Tom Maya, Oprah's Iron Fist, The Old Man of Gaming, A Sharp J, Lee Sparks, Zonko504, Scarlet, Kyle Bolton, Chris Freeman, Tom Calvert, Seth Mayfield, Jose E. Marco, Titan Entertainment, S2 Vaughn 5000, Bones 02, Guest House Productions, K Cuz, Candido, Born to Do It, Daniel McKee, Dan Wagner, Elijah 232, Joseph Gonzalez, David, Tim Chambo, Captain Cool, Explode Processing, Nathaniel Shelley, Swedish Fish, Lee Whitworth, Tent Sparkter, John DeShazo, Squints, Carmichael Nicholas, Gary Heather, Corey Street, David Phillips, I Worked at Subway, Raul Aguiar, 
Joel LeBlanc, Johnny CCDC, Wolf Magic 21, Paul, Fob, Kerry Waka Waka, Ryan McCowan, Trevor Oaks, Mike Burks, Nathan Freak, Too Loud for the Crowd, Pizza Power, Matthew McLean, Doogie, Logan Hale, Cody Poland, Murat Pepper, Spencer C. Weiss, Chris Coplin, Electronic Emotions Program, K Jam, Lord Finish, Aaron Baker, Dane Upton, Goth C, Good A, Mega Man 2 OG, McJr, Jafar, Rogue Agent, Thor the Hammered, Stefan Fukasawa, Joshua Davis, John Byrne 86, Andy Hudson, Retro Bismol, Sam Wright, Devin Gordon, Seriously Ron P, Derpimus Prime, Mr. Me Seeks 0406, Ninja Lunchbox 79, Wolfgang, Darren Bugnish, Troy Suniak, Brian Robbins, Ferdy Martinez, JB Retromania, AJ Freeman, AJ Jones, Kevin, The Anti-Spatial Podcast, The Novel Console, MFELF, Zootroy, The Honest Pokemon Trader, Sean Clifford, Pi Messiah, Jesse Clark, Kelly, Rodrigo Tomazzi, Derek Jane, Mercury869, Mad Shibs, Potato Bob Guy, That One Kid Nick, Dana Wucherall, Amy Gillen, James Anderson, MPG and Buffalo, Pat Duddy, 8-Bit Bovey, Poops Loomis, Raging Demon, Mr. Satan, Troy Cherichetti, Silver Grunion, P. Wolverine Films, David Schnatterer, Martin Greenwood, Dominic S. Thompson, Tim L. Adam Beasley, G9PSX, PB McFadden, Jared the Giraffe, Tim Real, Starro Probin, Jay Clutch, Very Cool Dude, Vincent L., Xwater, Retro Ghosty Ghost, Ryan Bayshore, Christopher Russell, Mike Maloney, Defunct, Tommy Reynolds, Ryan Kinchin, Arpad Bodos, Jer Bear, S2S, Adam J., Zane Donovan, John Quack, Ryan Yeager, Morgan, Geek Life Radio, David Ray, Danny Vega, Tom Kite, Brian Medeiros, Andre SJA Flash, A-Town, Mark Jones, Nathan Tromblay, Chris Knife 007, White Burrow, Miles from BringBackRetro.com, Brian, Bra- Brian Ransom, Matt McLean, Mr. Nick, Michael Haig, The T-Word, Miklos Blackshaw, Aaron Lawson, Stitch, Dario Oman, Adam O'Sharello, Jeff Johnson from Game on GNT, Craig Rutt, Leon K, Scott Brooks, Yamcha, Wyman Brooks, Chuck Schlarp, Chris Campbell, Brandon O'Brien, aka Tin Smasher, Mackenzie Wheeler, No One Cares, Dave Thompson, Dan T, Adam Anderson, Ben Busha, Matt Brown, Lil Bunny Fufu 89, Mark 209, Kyle Paul, Vladstein, Nick Sills, April Sane, Alex Martinez, Brian McKay, Fraser Burns, Bullfrog 1221, Jason Cortez, Kevin Hufford, Duhow, Dylan, Jordan, Desert Tortoise, Joe Mack, They Call Me Badger, Kate Roberts, Luca, Rescognito, Divalk, Gary C., Andrew Wright, Rex Sheldon, Charlie Medeiros, Josh Morgan, Chris Fleury, Corey, Doug Dorn, Evan Refuse, Slick Rick, Ben Bullio, Ashley Cronenbitter, Nathan Warzecha, Warzica, fuck, Joe Gillespie, DNA Gaming, Dave McGee, Sean Razine, Ryan White, Robert Lippa, James Clark, Christopher Sumner, Keegs and his stupid arrow handle, Jeffrey Mathis, Joshua Shenfield, Fake McHugh, Matthew Mathis, or Michael Mathis, pardon me, Tyler, Freezer Burnt, Stupid Monkey, Andre, Sharonic, Ben Drinkin, Joe Buck, Todd, Makeshift Money, and Dave. That was ugly. But thank you all so much. If I didn't screw up your name, it means I like you just a little bit more. And I'll talk to you guys again soon. You're the best. Cheers.